this night, we do what we want. We make our own rules. This is our night. This is our show. On this night, we rise. This is the bleeding edge of science, technology, and ethics. This is... Pollution. Unwilling to submit. We learn all that is learnable. Tonight, power shifts. Tonight, we raise our instruments of anarchy. Peaceful coexistence, encryption, software, secure devices, and our minds. Tonight, we are unbound by law. It's time for Sovereign Tech. And now your host, the golden stallion of the tech world, the rated R radio star, Brian Sovereign. It is time for another episode of Sovereign Tech, and you know, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, is not a pot smoker, baby, but you better believe I'm a pot boiler. Woo! Get that going. Man, <laughs> and today... I feel, I, the, I feel the heat. You, you feel the heat? You feeling sweaty? <laughs> I'm feeling real sweaty. You're feeling real sweaty. That's right. Of course, I'm joined by the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, my co-host... Of, uh, of sex and science I love hour, being your co-host and my co-host science hour yeah. and on sovereign tech and for sovereign tech. So really exciting! All the sovereign tech sweaties out there, you better get ready because it is time to get sweaty. Get your sweatbands, your towels. Oh, I love it. <laughs> get some ice cubes. Full eighties regalia. That, that, that's that's what I recommend. <laughs> So, of course, coming to you from the Silicon Milliard, as it's called. I, I love that. Well, that's Manchester, but we're not in Manchester. No, right? but it's New close Hampshire. enough. It's just we're like in when New you, Hampshire, well, I guess it's, yeah. It's close enough. When you say Silicon Valley, I mean, you know, is that like technically Mountain View? Yeah. I mean, it's the Bay Area. It's not just San Francisco. So, okay. you know. Yeah, I, I think it's good to kind of kind of stretch enough. it out. So, but anyway, whoo. A lot to get into this episode. I mean, this is, uh, the, you know, every episode's loaded, I like to think, but this one in particular is uh, is really loaded. And Stephanie, it's just great to have you on uh, to help me out with this because we are going to delve into some pretty pretty serious topics. Uh, I, I mean, you know, we can have fun with them, of course. But I plan on it, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but they are topics that are uh, coming up quite a bit, and and they are ones that that people haven't really touched on that I don't, I certainly don't hear. Uh, uh, a lot of other pundits, be it tech or or uh, you know uh, society wise, you See, know, I really don't bringing consider up. Consider you a pundit? Well, I, I don't know what term to use. Like, I mean, I because I've had people say, "Oh, you're not a journalist. You're not a journalist." You talk know, show and, host. Uh, talk show host. Yeah, yeah. Where does that not fit into pundit? I don't know. Well, a pu- well, pundit is usually used in conjunction with the phrase political pundit. Nah. Yeah, and you're really he... not a political pundit. No, you're like but... an anti-political pundit. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> it has political connotations, and I don't yeah. think it fits you. That's what I'm saying. I've heard it used recently by by tech hosts, but uh, but no, f- fair enough. So anyway, why don't we just start breaking into some of this stuff? Uh, and of course, uh, you know, if you want to hear more of this dynamic duo, that being Stephanie and I, mm-hmm. uh, I do recommend. Uh, we just did a, a 
probably our longest episode, even though it's called Sex and Science Hour, kind of ended up being the longest. Sex and Science, two hours. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was uh, episode 14. Do check that out. Of course, go to sexandsciencehour.com for that. And uh, we always cover tons of fun stuff there. Yeah, subscribe to our podcast feed. We've heard a lot of feedback where people like the Sovereign Text where I'm on it. Oh, yeah, they love it. Yeah. So if you want to get more of Brian and I together, you can hear it every week. Good news on sexandsciencehour.com. Right. And it has been every week for a few months now, even though the, the well, show 14 is... 14 episodes, that would be more than three months. So yeah. We've been, yeah, we've been pretty consistent. Yeah, we're rocking I think it. we, you know, we'll take a break in between seasons at some point, maybe. I maybe. mean, a season will probably be about 20 episodes or 25 or something like that. Yeah, take yeah. Take a break in between seasons, but, you know, we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm pumped that we're, we've been able to keep up with it. Yeah, it's a good time. Because we're fucking busy, but we've managed <laughs> to make time, and it becomes like a fun fun date night kind of thing it does it ends up being a lot of fun and fortunately you know generally the show is is only an hour and so you know it, it doesn't take too much of, uh, of our time so sovereign tech uh, on the other hand kind of takes tons of my time uh but i can talk more about that later um but uh yeah i mean there's to- a lot more to sovereign tech like you've got a whole community and a website and yeah there's the, the whole point of sex and science hour was to have it take up as little work as possible yep and to be like really fun for me i'm not gonna do it you know yeah no i totally understood so all right uh why don't we get into let's let's break into the random access here uh starting off with uh you, you know and i i get heat about this too a lot because i talk about microsoft and you know and windows and all of this but like i like i keep telling people look i did the polls i did the research what is the most used operating system by people that listen to this show it is far and away microsoft windows why the hell yep. would I not talk about Windows news if that's the case? Mm-hmm. You know, whether whether if it's to convince people to get away from it or if it's just to help them with their present usage, whatever it ends up being. Like, well, you know, I'll say just I'm one it. of those Windows users and I haven't been convinced. Sure. It gets the job it. done. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're a voice actor and you do, I, I think I think you're a success as far as Thank a voice you. actor goes. I, I mean, and so if too. Windows <laughs> is the vehicle that makes that happen. You know, who's to tell you otherwise? It has. It's it's got a track record like it has been for a long time. I mean, my first computer was a Mac, admittedly. But then somewhere along the line, I switched to Windows. And by the time I had started working in an office when I was in my teens as just like a little, you know, after school job doing Mm -hmm. data entry and stuff, everything was Windows. And I learned all these tricks with Microsoft Office. Right. And then. You know, I like old habits die hard. At that point, I was like sold on it. I'm like, yeah, this is what you use if you're doing work in a professional context. Yeah. And then for school, I was like, you know, using Word and everything like that. I've tried alternatives. I tried to switch to Linux a few times and I just didn't find it as good. Right. Like it it just wasn't as easy for me to use. Maybe if I had stuck with it, I would have gotten past the learning curve. But I actually found that you could do more with that I could do more with Windows and more productively and faster. Yeah, I think, you know, something that's really going to actually put Linux over the top, and I do think this is going to happen, is eventually Office 365 is going to be made available for Linux. And I don't just mean the web interface. I mean, just full on. All right, then you got no excuses. (laughs) Kind of. You would have to get on it. (laughs) Right. I mean, because there are compatibility issues, you know, with other, I know people want to use OpenOffice, and and I fully support all of that. I think it's all wonderful. Um, I, you know, I've tried OpenOffice too on my Windows machine. Yeah, or LibreOffice, yeah. I've tried both. Yeah. And they suck. I'm sorry, but they just suck. They just <laughs> they just don't do what I need them to do. Oh, there it is. That, that's what it comes down to: is do, can the consumer use it, and does it get the job done that they want done? If it doesn't, 
honestly, you know, a lot of other factoids just kind of, or factors, I should say, uh, uh, you know, go by the wayside. So, um, but anyway, you know, I think that's going to happen. And part of the reason that I think that's happening is that uh, really, well, I mean, to some, so, so this is actually leads in nicely to, to the first bit of the random access, uh, is that on July 29th, the free upgrade to windows 10, if you're using windows seven or windows eight, 8.1, um, will end. And apparently this is now confirmed. A lot of people were saying, oh, they'll just let it go on forever. Uh, you know, that they, so you can upgrade for free. it's been a year that they've been asking people to, if they want to upgrade. And yeah, some people asking, have held out. scheming, yeah. scamming. Like they, <laughs> really I don't know, I don't know anyone tricks. who didn't want to upgrade and was able to hold out. Well, there's some that do like, because there's, I, I've heard some people mention that they have like their software, speaking of compatibility issues, their software did not work in windows 10. So mm. they, they stuck with Windows 7 yeah. absolutely on purpose. But that generally seems the gist as to why. I mean, Windows 10 is a leaner operating sp uh, system, especially if you configure it properly uh, than Windows 7 is. I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know. It is what it is. For what it is, it's it's a it's a fine little system. I mean, um, we won't talk about Windows Eight. No, that <laughs> was a uni yeah universal mess. Yeah. yeah, I had Windows Eight for a while, and I was not happy with it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. it was still better than the other options. I felt sure. Yeah. So, but now it is interesting that they Microsoft has officially said July 29th, That is, it's over. Like so if did they you say did like, not upgrade by then, it's done. Did they say like, what are you going to have to pay to upgrade? Yeah, you're you going to have to effectively buy Windows, you know, from, and from that point forward. how much does it cost? Uh, probably, it's probably going to be the same as, as it usually has, where it's like 100, 150 bucks, mm. uh, depending on, you know, if you're doing OEM or however that's, that, uh, you know, that shapes up. Um, and of course, most people just really, very few people actually pay for Windows. Uh, outside of the business or outside of OEMs, most people just buy a new computer and then they get the latest version of Windows with it. Yeah, you that's know? what I thought it was bundled with the computer. But yeah. are you saying like when that happens, the, the consumer isn't paying the licensing cost as... No, they are. They it's baked into it. the price. Yeah, that's yeah, they what, just don't see that's it. what I was saying. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't see it. So, uh, but that that is happening. And then, of course, uh, as I mentioned last week on Sovereign Tech, we do know August 2nd is when the anniversary edition of Windows 10, the, that big update, uh, will come out. So make sure you have probably a good 20 gig uh, spared Ooh, if you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> just a recommendation. It might work without that, but, uh, but just a guess there. Cause I mean, in many ways now you are getting a full on new operating system, uh, with, with these major, you know, new updates. And then there's going to be another update probably in November again, just like there was this year. It'll be Redstone too. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just, I thought it was interesting news that they have said, yes, you know, windows 10 will no longer be, uh, free, you know, uh, but it's still, you know, as far as we know, going to be the last, uh, kind of operating system. Uh, and I still think, I think eventually, as I've said on Sovereign Tech for years now, that they're going to come out with a subscription model um, operating system that you have to pay for. And uh, I think mm. that's that's going to be their Midori well, operating they did system. It, they did it with... Uh with office 365 well, and it's it's incredibly successful yeah. and in many ways it's a great value i mean what you used to like you pay a far cheaper price than what it costs to actually pay a full out version of of, of office um and and you can I, share it with like five I people i think it depends on how yeah it depends on how long you're paying the subscription for right well yeah but like at this point i've been paying 10 bucks a month for the last three years to get a subscription to Office 365. And so that's probably, what, $360 or something sure. in total. But I can share it with a bunch of other people 
and I do. Yeah, right. But you know, you would normally people would upgrade every couple of years. Yeah, whenever the new that's version right. Would come out. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, so was, that's that makes sense. It is a better value for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, in in the long term, the way people have bought the have, have you know been engaged with this sort of thing, it actually is an incredible value. I'm not a huge fan of subscription models, and I'm not a huge fan of Microsoft. I'm just saying that that it's working for them. Right. Uh. So anyway, so so. There's there's that. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, this isn't directly related to Microsoft, but it is something that uses, this is related perhaps to Bing, which apparently the Bing search engine, Bing. which is Microsoft's Bing, yeah, Bing. Um, there's a very funny video about that with Steve Ballmer, but I won't go into it. Uh, they, they, the search engine, Bing, is apparently going up quite a bit in market share. This probably has to do with matters in the EU versus Google and really? all of that. Yeah, it, it shocks me, but maybe part of it has to do with the prominence of, and I don't know, because I don't know how they gauge their metrics, uh, DuckDuckGo, which is my favorite search engine, actually uses Bing for its backend. Ah. Uh, so does Yahoo, the search engine. Um, but this is uh, this is kind of the interesting thing, is that DuckDuckGo is acquiring some part. I mean, Yahoo right now, everything's going, it's all getting sold off, all various parts and everything. And DuckDuckGo is apparently acquiring some parts of Yahoo. Or integrating some parts of Yahoo, you know, due to a lot of this deal. Um, personally, I don't. I think some people might be concerned about yeah, them I was bringing just in say, Yahoo. Do you think that's going to change DuckDuckGo? I don't think so. Uh, I I really think that that company is. You know, I think they're trying. They are going. I think they want these Yahoo elements to really help differentiate themselves. And nothing wrong with that. Do you think they're going to have DuckDuckGo Mail or something? No, but they could. I don't see why they couldn't. They have a bunch of uh, little features that most people don't realize, uh, you know, various XMPP features and other things uh, that they offer. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I don't really see any harm in this myself. Just just looking at, at what they're talking about. It's really just about creating a, a more unique search experience, I think. Uh, and that's, you know, that but that's that they are getting some some chunks of what Yahoo does uh, effectively. I mean, they're not like acquiring. They're just going to start integrating, uh, you know, some of uh, how Yahoo searches work. But anyway, uh, I don't I I personally, like I said, I don't really see a, a deal, a, a problem with that. And in fact, honestly, if they do, if, the, if this was somehow like privacy encroaching or something like that, um, I feel that. DuckDuckGo's main differentiator is simply because it is the private search. Right. You get rid of that, DuckDuckGo is meaningless. Like yeah. then, then it loses its its real differentiator. So why would Yahoo sell some of their code or whatever? Well, to, I don't think it was exactly Duck, a Duck sale. Go. They're like the the terms they're just using is sort of not. It's not even partnership. Um, it it's just Yahoo's dead, and so you know anything they're doing is kind of up for grabs. Uh, and and you know, any, any kind of little bit of money that, that perhaps that mm. they, they can collect from it. Uh, but I mean, th that, that gets into a whole other situation. Like apparently Mozilla and, you know, Firefox and Yahoo did a deal about a couple of years back and uh, like <laughs> there's a real chance Fire uh, Mozilla could make a ton of money out of this because, because of the partnership that Mozilla and Yahoo did uh, with Yahoo being the, the default search in Firefox, uh, which that I think is problematic, <laughs> far more than DuckDuckGo and Yahoo doing business. Um, but Mozilla can, if they don't like who buys Yahoo, Mozilla can like can can renege on their entire contract that they had, and they could make like a billion dollars back mm. off of it. Like that, that the whole deal could become defunct, and they would get all the money back from it. Uh, so there's like Mozilla is it's ironic, but Mozilla is really really holding the cards as to 
who gets a you know gets Yahoo because whoever it is is going to have to like if if Mozilla doesn't like it, they're going to have to pay Mozilla. You know, say Microsoft buys Yahoo, Microsoft's going to have to pay Mozilla. You know, a, a billion a billion dollars. I mean, so you've got this extra price tag right on the deal. Very, very ugly situation. But I mean, that that's that's getting into to a lot of a lot of crazy business there. Um, let's see what else we got here. A couple little this crazy kind of business. Yeah, well, it's crazy. That's it's, sovereign tech. Yeah, crazy that's right. Business. Crazy business. Uh, but a uh, little Nintendo news. I'm going to start with one and then I'm going to get into the other. Uh, the first thing is that now, now Stephanie, actually, here's a quick question for you. I mean, do you ever, do you ever play games on your smartphone? Only when I'm on an airplane. Uh-huh. Like, and are they games? Else to do. <laughs> what, like, like what, what kind of games do you play? I play, there's a, a Daleks game. Ah, Daleks. Yeah, where like never you, watched an episode of Doctor Who. Neither though. have I, but I love Oh this. No, I have. I'm just saying you haven't. N- no, right. right. I yeah. haven't. Um, yeah. but, I actually, on my first computer, which was the Mac, there was a Daleks game as well. Yeah. And I was looking for a modern version of that game. It was in black and white. You're on this like checkerboard kind of thing. Yeah. You can move one step in any direction. Mm-hmm. But every time you move, there's a bunch of Daleks around you and they get the one step closer to you every ah, time you move. Okay. And so the, your, I, uh, your object of the game is to make the Daleks crash into each other or crash into a pile of rubble from other Daleks that have crossed, crashed into each other ah, and okay. not let the Daleks get onto your square because then they kill you. So Yeah, fun little game. I've tried it out. Yeah, and then like you can teleport and you can you can do the sonic screwdriver where you, you know, kill all the Daleks that are immediately next to you. Exterminate. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that game and I have a modern version of it. I actually, it's one of the only apps I've ever bought and paid for. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so I bought a pay version of that game. I play it on airplanes. Um, let's see. There's another game that's sort of like Brickles. Uh-huh. I'm just old school. I'm looking for all the like copies of all these games that I played on my Mac when I was like four Nothing, years old. I fully support this. I, I am as old a, school as it comes. There was an old school paddle game called Brickles where it was like a ball that was bouncing off these bricks and you had like a paddle at the bottom. Oh. Breakout, yeah, like breakout, yeah, yeah, like that. Um, And there's a modern version of that called Flick It Hmm, that I play. I and then also um, Mahjong or Mahjong Solitaire. Okay, it's like the tile game where you have to match the tiles and they're laid out in different boards and stuff. So the interesting thing there is that none of those I don't think they like the touchscreen work probably works very well for controlling them. Yes. Okay. So that's the interesting thing is that now I, I've made a case many times. Like personally, I think, you know, mobile is mobile in various forms, not just smartphone is kind of a direction. Things are many things are going, uh, gaming. There was a time where I kind of thought that'd be the thing, but not so much, uh, now. And and we'll mention that a little bit more in a second. Um, but my big problem with mobile gaming has always been touchscreens for any kind of like serious game that takes like, like real skill not saying that that you're not skilled at what you're playing i'm just saying that like that takes like uh you know hand-eye coordination and all this kind of stuff it's touch screens just suck for controllers unless it's like fruit ninja or something and you're just swiping you know what i mean uh and so this has been a major problem because nobody's really like because iphone has such a controlled uh ecosystem like hardware ecosystem, it's a little easier to create something that can like controllers that could work with every game, like Bluetooth controllers, Bluetooth, you know, uh, that, that could work with everything. Uh, but Nintendo apparently might be making smartphone controllers now. Now I think this is great. This, this needs to be a thing. Some company needs to, some company with real clout, 
real weight behind it needs to release a Bluetooth controller or however they're going to connect it, uh, uh, you know, for smartphones, because right now, I mean, there's just, there's so many games. I mean, they're just, they're, you want to play them, but they're just shit. They're a pain in the ass. <laughs> Uh, you know, to, to really control without having an AB button and a D pad, uh, you know, it is, it's really a pain. So anyway, I heard that rumor that Nintendo might be coming out with one. Good. I I am all for that. I I think that needs, uh, that really, really needs to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking of Nintendo games, this has kind of been the news of the week, uh, among other more tragic uh, stories, but, uh, Pokemon go. Uh, oh, has come yeah, out. I've been hearing I mean, about you've got to be seeing that everywhere. I do. I know you're not like a Pokemon fan or anything. No, but, uh, I haven't caught them all. Right. Um, <laughs> can't say. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, nobody could avoid this news. I've been seeing people posting like that they got pickup lines on Tinder saying Pokemon Go and chill. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw okay. so- I saw someone post like kind of a nude where she's like, Lying on the bed, okay, Her le- she's got, like, just panties on. Yeah. And her legs are kind of, like, you know, bent knees. They're kind of spread apart. And there's, like, a little Pokemon in between her legs. Whoa, that's hentai. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that is tentacle Pretty porn. Sure that's not, like, a, you know, how the game was intended, right? It's supposed <laughs> to be, like, a kid-friendly game, right? Yeah. No, definitely not. And but... it's, is Pokemon Go, is that one of those things like Portal where you have to actually move around in the real world? Well, and... not not Portal. Um, uh, Ingress. Ingress, of, yeah, that's wh- right. Which sorry. has portals yeah, po- in it. Right. I, I know why you, I made, know why why you I called it I know why I was thinking that. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Portal's a great game. Diff- different story. But uh, but yeah, it is, it is like Ingress. It's made by the same company, Niantic, which is... The status of which Wait, it was a Google Niantech. Niantech. Is that like the Nyan cat, like the meme? You know the cat oh, with maybe. the rainbow flying through yeah, the air. Yeah, I never thought that about song. that. <laughs> never thought That's about the... that. Yeah, they were a company. They made. They originally made a, an app called Field Glasses. I think that worked with like Google Maps and kind of was supposed to be your tour guide. And it was. It was all right for what it was. It, it gets annoying after a while because like when it knows so much, it's like every building you stop at, it says, "Well, this brick was laid by I don't know." John Dinglebopper and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Bet <laughs> and, it doesn't work in remote areas of Africa though. Or well, in the mountains. <laughs> probably not in Africa, but it did all right in New Hampshire, I have to say. Huh. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, they made that and then they worked, they made Ingress uh, with, with Google. They, they got bought out by Google as I understand right. it. And then uh, they, they made Ingress, which Ingress was really, it was a video game or correction. It was a Google map enhancement software guised as a video game okay <laughs> right. like like that was the whole purpose of ingress that is the whole because it's still going that is the whole purpose of ingress is to make google maps better by ch- having people go to all these wild areas where uh you know google cars perhaps can't go uh and i think pokemon go is still the same thing but the odd part is is that when google became alphabet niantic became like a separate company it didn't become part of the alphabet it is its own thing and so it's like he just, you know, I don't, I don't exactly understand what happened there. If Larry Page just gave up control of the company and said, okay, no, you're go off. You're on your own. Or if he just still holds like some kind of controlling stock in the company. Uh, but it is not technically part of alphabet, even though anything that's part of Google, well, whatever. Um, but this game was, so I tried it out for a little bit. I tried out this Pokemon go and I, and I am a fan of Pokemon. I, I remember, you know, getting Pokemon blue when I was in high school. Uh, and it was, you know, all the rage. I mean, it was, it was really a great thing. And I played Pokemon. I mean, I regularly play Pokemon (laughs) bottom line. Uh, you can really tell that this game was not being made by Nintendo. Um, it's bad. 
Like it's it's not <laughs> they did not do a good job. Oh. Um and like in what way is it bad? Like Pokemon is such a po- like I think Ingress was popular because there's nothing else like it before and there was no expectation of what it's supposed to look like. With Pokemon, Pokemon is is very well known for its polish. Right. For how perfect it looks, how good it looks. It has a style. And the look of this game, it just is not there. I mean, it looks really, really rough. Oh. And I can kind of understand maybe why that would be so, because you want it to work with as much hardware as possible. You don't want to have people to have to go out buying, you know, buy the Galaxy S up my ass and, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and so that they can just run it. Um, and, but it is very popular. Like it's the top grossing app right now. It's the most downloaded app. I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, but because of also, because of that popularity, uh, the servers apparently have not been able to handle this game. I already uninstalled it and I was like, well, I'll wait two weeks for all the posers to go away. And then, because I mean, some of the people I saw saying that they were going to install this, I was like, shut up. Like you, you, you're doing this because everybody else is doing it. You you know what I mean? I I get so annoyed with that. (laughs) Well, is that like an invalid reason for doing something? It's not necessarily invalid, but just like, don't be like, oh yeah, I'm playing Pokemon Go. You know I mean? Like, like, because if I were to try it, I would do it because you recommended it. So how am I different from the posers? Am I a poser, Brian? Well, I mean, okay. You're not a poser. Because you're not, you weren't, you know, you're not going around saying, oh, I've always loved Pokemon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm such a dork. Oh, I'm this, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, you would just be a new player to the game, which are great and welcome. You know, I, I think that's an awesome thing. Uh, the problem is, is that you just, you get these people that move in and they act like, oh, you know, Pokemon's the, the, the big stuff when, you know, before Pokemon Go was a thing, before, you know, everybody seemed to, to jump on board with it, they probably would have made fun of people that were playing Pokemon still. Like, I think there's a lot of, Ah, so here's, here's the perception is that to play Pokemon right now, the latest versions of it, you know, X, Y, and you or whatever, whichever version that you're on, um, you would need a Nintendo 3DS. Okay. Most, if a grown man was walking around with a Nintendo 3DS, I think most women would kind of turn their heads. You know, or even a lot of guys would just be like, uh, uh like yeah. he would be looked at as, as undesirable, yeah, as childish nerd, nerd. or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, Pokemon go comes out. Oh, everybody's playing it. So, so all right, I'll, I'll download it too. And I'm playing, oh, ah, I love you. Pikachu, Pika, you know, I mean, and, and all this, and, and that, that's where it gets annoying. That's the poser, you know? Right. Yeah. That, that's okay. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's really problematic. So anyway, but all these posers, all these people, I mean, like, and, and I don't necessarily blame them really Niantic and Nintendo are not Nintendo so much because like I said, you can really tell Nintendo did not make this game. Uh, it's probably the company DNA, I think is the company that they ended up working with. Uh, it's D E N A. It's not, not like DNA. Um, but still, yeah, anyway, Illuminati. <laughs> uh, but, um, Those companies did not prepare, like the servers were not ready for the load that were put upon it. Uh, And this is an AR game. The idea is augmented reality. You go around and you see the Pokemons, uh, you know, like in the field or something. And there's all between your legs or between your legs, like you described. (laughs) Uh, And there's been all, believe me, there's been tons of crazy stories of what people have found. Supposedly somebody found a dead body after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, they found a dead body. when There was a Pokemon by the dead body. Yep. Oh, my God. That's That's serious. Yeah. Holy shit. No pun intended. <laughs> You're right. And and there's problems where like wow. people are going to military bases. Be, oh my y- y- god. And they're not supposed to go there. 
There's oh. some there's some real there's some real issues with this. I Holy might save shit. it for another for a game talk in some future episode, like the issues with these AR games because they are in our conventional society, they are out of control. <laughs> and, wow. and, uh, and it's really, it could create some very serious issues. Um, so anyway, uh, Pokemon go, you know, I might, I'll probably install it and I'll keep that way. I can keep track of the updates and what changes with them. Um, you know, I'm not against Nintendo being in the smartphone space. I think it's a very logical and a great idea. I actually really enjoy Mitomo. I still use that every day. Um, you and, use it to make the cover art for all of our sex and science hour. Yeah. And, and sovereign text. Yeah. I mean, and I, it, you make great cover art with it. Oh, I love it. I use the so- awesome. Yeah. I use it all the time. Um, so, you know, I'm, I am, a, I'm definitely, you know, I guess if you're going to call things, I mean, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I'll admit to that. Uh, so, but I, I think that the Pokemon go, what I've seen of it so far, the way that it stands, it sucks. And the server issue is a real, real problem. I can't even log into my Pokemon trainers club and I've had that account forever. Uh, I mean, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, so Pokemon go, uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a success and a failure somehow at the same time. I guess that's our, that's the new world that, uh, that we live in. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Ooh boy, too much news. Okay. Facebook messenger. Let's bring this up. Um, I talked about this maybe two, three weeks ago on, on sovereign tech that Facebook, you know, the, the reports were coming out leaked reports that Facebook was going to be implementing end to end encryption into Facebook messenger itself using the signal protocol. Uh, haven't they been saying something like that for years? Haven't there been those kind of rumors floating around for a while? There's been rumors. They did it with WhatsApp. Uh, they, they finally, you know, turned it on with that. Um, and in with WhatsApp, there are some technical issues with how that works, but they kind of did it right because they turned it on by default. Yeah. Okay. And that's the real key thing. Now we also talked about how Google announced at Google IO, uh, this year in 2016, that they were going to be releasing a new chat app called Allo. Allo also has the signal signal protocol built in, but it is you have to opt into it. You have to go and turn it on. You have to go and hit the checkbox. It is not on by default. Um, and that is the wrong way to, to announce that you're offering an encryption because most people won't go looking for the, for the, you know, for the little box to turn it on. Yeah. So that, that's an issue. And also it takes kind of a crazy stance in that, like in Google's case, which, which I talked about on the show, um, where, you know, like Google, Google's services and why the main things they want to do with Allo is not about encryption. They want you working with Google now and all of this. And Google now cannot work with encryption turned on. Um, so and, and this is probably going to be the same case why Facebook is and it's going to be coming out either later this summer or in the fall for everybody. The reason that it's not being put on by default is the same reason, because they want you working with the Facebook bots. Uh, you know, which have you installed any of these bots in messenger? What are the bots? So there's bots that like can help you order flowers that I know of. Oh, no, no, I've never, never done that. Okay. Yeah. The only bot I was thinking of that I don't remember installing. It just sort of popped up was the daily cute where you type. Oh, well, that's a command. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I mean, okay, fine. Command bot, whatever. But yeah, you type in at daily cute in Facebook messenger and it sends like a random cute picture to the person you're talking to. Right. It's it's cute. It's, it is cute. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that that necessarily, like there's also, there's, and we messed with this. Oh God, that was so stupid. Now talk about a conspiracy theory. I could come up with that, with that. They're trying to ruin people on playing chess. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, okay, so there's this way that you can play chess with people you're talking to on Facebook Messenger. Right. And 
so Brian types in like at chess or something like that, and yep. a chess board pops up, and it says to me, "Your move." And then it says, type in help to see the list of commands. Now, I type in help because I don't know how. Like First, I tried clicking on the board, uh-huh. moving upon. That didn't work. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll type in the help command. So I type in help, and it gives this long wall of text of commands of how you can move pieces in Facebook chess. Okay. And by the time I read it, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't figure this out. Screw this. Yeah, no, it's stupid. <laughs> when we have touch screens and mice, it, it's retarded to, to want to yeah. do commands in that way. So I think they're trying to ruin people on wanting to play chess and think it's only for the nerdiest of nerds who run, know how to run command oh, lines. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's for the nerdiest of nerds anyway, like like to do that. I, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I, and, you know, yeah, the bots, I haven't messed with any of them. There's a weather bot. There's all this stuff uh, oh. that, that, that they want to do. Um, but, I mean, there, there's a problem with bots in general. And I know they're the hot thing in Silicon Valley right now, okay? Uh, but but the problem with them is that they are born liars. <laughs> and this is the truth. Because the bot, the bot's very job, the way it is programmed, is to make you not think that it's a bot. That is its purpose. Uh, you know, for most of them. So, you know, and that, that's the truth for a lot of this stuff for like, even for AI, a lot of people are, are, are missing this point. Okay. Is that all of these, you know, program things that are supposed to like trick you into thinking that it's not a human. Like when you ask it, are you a bot or are you an AI or something like that? What's it supposed to say? Oh no, I'm real. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all of these things are trained to be liars. These bots, AI, all of it, every single goddamn one of them is trained to be a liar. And that is a problem. Like, I mean, are, okay, so let me play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Are they actually lying if they don't have the self-awareness to know that they are a bot? Yeah, but if they don't have... Be- because if they don't have self-awareness, they wouldn't know that they're not real. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. So it's not like a conscious choice to lie. Well, they're not conscious in the first place. But, right. All right. Well, then say it's not lie. Say it's misinformation. Okay, so they're programmed to spew misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it's a lie, because a lie is when something knows that the facts are one thing, and mm-hmm. then says the opposite of that, or something different. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Then, I mean, the bots aren't lying, but programmers are. Right. Okay, then yeah. the programmers are liars. Yeah. yeah. I, I and mean, I guess if, you, if you're programmed by a liar, it's not much different than being a liar yourself, but... Well, it's Maybe disseminating I'm just being misinformation. A pedantic libertarian. That, this is being pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Sex and Science Hour 14 about that one, uh, or season two, episode 14. Brian's bitching about how pedantic oh, everybody God. is. <laughs> so that's a real problem. But anyway, so with Facebook Messenger, with them putting in end to end encryption, um, they also are not allowing for independent uh, authentication. I mean, like there, there's just there's a bunch of ways that this this is not being done uh, well. In fact, I think even Moxie Marlinspike said that the way that they're implementing um, uh, uh, the signal protocol is his exact words were reasonably done. That means it's not perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> like, Thank you for like, translating. He's that. saying reasonably done like like that. That should be kind of code for people to say, oh, well, this isn't it's like, yeah, this is a good protocol, but. Yeah. So and of course, my main issue is that you're still going to be giving all of your metadata to your Facebook account. And then Facebook is still collating a ton of information about you, perhaps far more important information than what you actually type out that they can't see. Uh, So this is this is not exciting at all. Uh, This is a bullshit move. And it's really I think it's it's just a lure. It's a lure to 
to get people to think that, oh yeah, Facebook is safe, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah, we're doing things right. We're going to encrypt your shit, stick with Facebook when in reality it's the exact opposite, no matter what protocol they end up using. So you think it's a honeypot? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I Yeah, Facebook is a honeypot. It is the greatest honeypot ever devised. So, um, okay, another devil's advocate. Sure. Why do they need to design a honeypot when people already willingly give Facebook all kinds of stupid information that's incriminating and that could be used against them? Because people, I think it's interesting that the implementation and the, and the talk of a lot of this stuff started directly after the Snowden revelations. I think Facebook knew that the crypto economy is a thing that is coming and that they need to be way ahead of the curve to make people think that they're a part of it. Mm. Like, I, I think that's that's the and and we've seen where the false sense of security has worked. Uh, there was this, I am not an advocate for any form of violence, uh, you know, lethal violence. I'm not an advocate for, uh, uh, you know, terrorism or anything like this. Uh, but we had the the case in um, where was it? it was in Brussels or somewhere around there in, where in Belgium, Belgium. Yeah, it was in Belgium where a terrorists were using, you know, quote unquote terrorists were using uh, WhatsApp. And I think they were using it under the auspices that it's this encrypted. is encrypted, right? You know, but they were caught via the WhatsApp data. Uh, uh, so, so I think this, it, you know, it's it's all it's bait and switch. Uh, you know, just the switch. You don't realize it's a switch. Uh, so that, that's that's what I think is going on there, and I think there's there's evidence for that. Um, why don't we? Uh, I'll save this little bit, this bit about black phone for later. We want to talk about other security issues more on the hardware side. I'll save that for later on during HackSec. Um, but let's get into let's get into our lead story. And it's really not a story. It's more of a topic that I want to talk about that is becoming very popular in various uh, various uh, spaces. Silicon Valley, you know, tech companies, blockchain uh, uh, companies, all of this. They are starting to talk about UBI. And Stephanie, what does UBI stand for? UBI is universal basic income. Universal basic income. And I want to break into what, what that actually means, what people are recommending, what they are suggesting, and is this actually a, really a viable thing? Uh, so, so uh, all right. Well, let, 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 let's start off with um, my, my understanding of what UBI is. Uh, and it's effectively the idea that, that you would... I mean, it's, it's kind of a social security system, right? Like, I mean, this would allow people to get a base pay just for breathing, just for existing yes. within a geographic area. Yes. Uh, just for being a citizen, even though citizen is a misnomer that, that, that doesn't actually exist. Um, <laughs> but uh, Well, how else are they going to keep track of administering these pay payments? They have right. to keep you in a system, right? And, right. And they don't say how much it's going to be. There's well, some do. Some some do right, but yep. there's not like a general consensus on that. I yeah, guess. there's there's varying opinions on there's what it should be. There's varying opinions on how much it should be, but it's some supposed to be some kind of income that covers all your basic needs, so that you don't have to worry about starving. Yep, it's supposed to cover healthcare, mm -hmm. uh, food, shelter, and, and maybe clothing, like, yep. like things like this. And then you know, from there, you can make such and you can make money beyond that. But you will, by default, get this. Now, the most of the plans I've heard put this in the $30,000 range. 
Okay. Hmm. Uh, that, That's you know, pretty per good. Year. Wouldn't that be nice? Because I've had some years where I didn't make $30,000. In fact, my whole 20s, I didn't make $30,000 and I was working like 70 hours a week. So there Ex- you go. Exactly. Yeah. I don't make $30,000 <laughs> a year nice now. Yeah. Somebody paid me $30,000 a year for breathing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo, uh, it's hard work, I'll uh, tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so this is the idea. Now, I want to, you know, prep, and again, this is only one plan that I'm, that I'm kind of describing here. There are some others, but really they all fall under the same kind of ideas. And, and I think they're all going to run into the same, uh, either issues or positives that, that we're going to cover. Uh, but the, the basic plan that I hear is that it's $30,000 a year. Part of that can only be used for healthcare. Um, like that, that, that's, that's key. And it might be like up to a third of that only gets used for, you know, can only be used for healthcare. Wow. Um, now the other, here's, here's the, cause I think what, what's the initial thing that people talk about? It's like, well, taxes are going to go up, blah, 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 blah. Other people say not at all. Actually taxes might dis- decrease because you only do a UBI if you get rid of every other social program. So uh, that's like the fair tax. Yes. You know, um, yes. there's these people who are advocating this thing called the fair tax. It still floats around. I think yeah. it was based on a book written by like Neil, Neil Bortz, right? Yep. And supposedly the fair tax, according to him, is a flat 9% sales tax on every purchase or something like that. But then there's no income tax and everybody gets a prebate, which is a check from the government that's almost like UBI. Right. Um, and it, the prebate is like something like $30,000 to cover all your basic, I don't know, to cover all your basic expenses. But then on everything you buy, you pay a 9% tax. And that's yeah. And, and that tax also does not count on anything that's used. Like if you bought a car and you sold the car, it wouldn't apply to that. Right. right. Um, it, I mean, like it's, yeah, that, that's actually a very, very succinct way of describing it. There's a lot of more nuances to it. But yes, um, when I was more of a political type, I was definitely on board with the idea of the fair tax. I thought it was like, okay, this is. But then you realize that there is no such thing as a fair tax and the only fair tax would be zero. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Then you then you wake up and you go, wait a second, taxes are terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the very idea of taxation is not fair. Right? Yeah, it's completely unethical. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that that but that is the that is the, the crux to this is that you have to get rid of every other social program. OK, to to allow for this. Um, there are countries already talking about doing it, though they have, as far as I know, these referendums for a UBI have not passed. Switzerland being one of them. I think Finland was another mm-hmm. uh, like and, and they have not passed overwhelmingly. Uh, a lot of people quote well, a lot even of, in Finland, huh? Yeah. Finland, maybe it hasn't gone through yet, but I do know in Switzerland, the referendum, it was like 76% no. Wow. So well, that, that doesn't really surprise me in Switzerland, but sure. you know, a place like Finland, I think of more like Norway or Sweden with like more, you know, it's like the, it's like the, the ideal paradise. of European socialism. Right? Sure. Right. Um, cradle so, to grave, yeah, the state, state takes care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Finland might be, you know, I'm not totally clear on that one, but anyway, I know the deal with Switzerland. Uh, so these, you know, it, it's something that's getting passed around and this is very, very popular in Silicon Valley. Now we need to discuss why, why is this becoming such a big deal? Are, do, do all of these people, all these tech companies have these bleeding hearts that we just never realized before? <laughs> uh, you know, what is the situation? Well, they are like politically liberal i think yeah and some would even call 
a lot of them libertarian. Uh, I mean, like like techno libertarianism is a term that gets used for a lot of these CEOs. Mm-hmm. I think they, it's they bullshit. don't call themselves libertarian. No, and it's I just don't. That once in a while they might give a speech that's like, "Yeah, there's too much government regulation. We should be able to have Uber." Right, and then everyone's like, "Oh, they're a libertarian." We're- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, part two of what of what these kind of companies want, we're going to get to in the next segment. Ah, okay. And, and so we're. I see where this. Yeah, is Yeah, so we're doing UBI, Thinking and then we're going to talk about down. the second part. We, I mean, this episode is a preview of the future, uh, or of what some people <laughs> Every want. Every sovereign for the tech is a preview of the. It's future, the official really. podcast of the future, absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> you know, but this one in particular is going to go. Where, you know, we're going to go deep. Um, but so the real reason that they want to do this, and they are somewhat unabashed about this, they don't mind admitting. That the problem is, is that they know what they're developing. We're talking, we talked about AI, we talked about bots and all this stuff. What they are creating, what tech companies are creating today are going to eliminate jobs. You're going to have a ton of unemployed people. This is true. Okay. Like, like I I think, I think in many ways, this is kind of true. Paralegals, there's no reason algorithms can't do that work. Uh, there's lots, except that smart contracts are dumb and there doesn't even work when they try to design something like the DAO. Yeah. Yeah. Understand. I mean, I, I, I know their vision is for smart contracts to replace paralegals and self-driving cars to replace any drivers and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And like robots to replace fast food workers and yada, yada. Yeah. Now. I, I am not saying that this is the future I want. I'm saying in the conventional terms, I, and thank you for bringing that up because I want to make that clear. In the conventional terms, yes, as far as what people want for their society, if they want things to be more or less as they are, they just want to replace who's doing it and what, uh, then these things can do that job. Of course, are these jobs good or valid in the first place? That is uh, that is a whole other story and not something we're going to cover here uh, necessarily. Um but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if if all of these technologies take over as they desire, yes, there are going to be a whole lot less jobs um, and people are going to, you know, you're you either going to have a ton of homeless people, you're going to have a ton of ton more poor people than there already are, um, or you're going to have to do something like a, like a UBI. So. One, this sounds a lot like the Venus Project. Yes. Um, where the idea is to basically have automation and robots do most of the labor in society so that people are freed up to do artistic pursuits and things that make them happy and you yes. don't really need money. Right. Right. Um, and to like change the economy and have so much like abundance and a post-scarcity kind of economy where you don't sure. really need money. Um so I think everyone pretty much, except the hardcore Venus Project people, pretty much agrees that that is kind of like a pipe dream. Yeah. So this is sort of a hybrid. This but is yeah. a hybrid, right. They, yeah. want, they don't want to get rid of money in Silicon Valley, but they do want automation to replace a lot of the jobs. Now, Yeah, because if, if, if they actually got rid of money... That would also eliminate their hierarchy. Their money, stance. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that, because then, then suddenly they have to actually be good people. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I love the. There's kind of the old Benjamin Franklin saying: the only people that are afraid of uh, of money not existing are scoundrels, because then they're going to be judged on who they are. No. And and I, and I I think there's some. I'm not saying get rid of money. I'm just saying I think there's some truth to that within that within that paradigm. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, I actually disagree with the premise that. Um, and I can see why they believe it because it seems like it seems it's one of those things that seems logical, but if you mm-hmm. look closer, it's not really actually true. So the premise that if you automate things like fast food jobs and drivers and and paralegals, that there are going to be all these people out of work and homeless, 
I think that's fallacious. And I think it's easily provable that that's fallacious. And the way that you do that is by looking back at history and seeing what happened to the candle makers, the horseshoe makers, Mm -hmm. the horse and buggy manufacturers. All of these people were put out of jobs by light bulbs and cars. Yes. Right. But they didn't go homeless and just die. They found something else to do. And that's the thing. When you automate menial jobs, it it actually frees some people up. You know, it, it frees the workers who were working those jobs up to do something else. Right. To take on another job is, is now, what you're saying. Yes. And now it can be hard to make a career change. Not over, Not everybody wants to be forced to find a new job because mm-hmm. automation took their took over their job that they were doing. However, you have to realize in life that there's not a guarantee that your job is going to last forever. Like, my grandfather was a paper salesman. Right. Would his job exist? No. Like, good thing he's dead because he does, wouldn't have a job, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? um, there's all kinds of examples like that. But, you know, if during the time that he was alive, paper sales dropped off and things went out of fashion, he would have found something else to do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you could say that there are some people who their intelligence or physical disabilities or whatever, um, or their circumstances or their lack of education limits them from being able to find work outside of a pretty narrow spectrum of like menial jobs. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that is is kind of insulting to them because human beings have the potential to do all different kinds of things, even those with physical disabilities or mental disabilities. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that people can do. And if you get creative and think outside the box, you can make jobs for yourself. You know, <laughs> that's what you and I have done, Brian. Right. But we, the idea is that that takes a very creative person and most people are not. Well, and also our whole society I mean, if they're if they're talking about getting rid of um, if they're talking about UBI and so forth and they're talking about um, automation, getting rid of these jobs. Why don't we talk about public schools and how the whole school system is just geared towards churning out workers who are going to be employees, all the employee conditioning that we get, you know, no wonder people are so attached to and scared of losing jobs that somebody else gives to them. Yeah. As employees, because we are not taught to think that we could be entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think it was an option to start my own business. I had no idea how I would possibly go about doing it. It seemed like everything in life was geared, was steering me toward find a job that someone else is going to give to you, Mm -hmm. not create your own job, not give a job to somebody else, not hire somebody else. And now not only have I made a job for myself as a voice actor, I've hired other people. (laughs) Right. Yes. And, And Silicon Valley knows this. Like that's why they're, that's why they're pushing so much for learning coding in school. Like, because they, but again, coding, that's not managerial. That's not CEO level stuff. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Coding could get you a job as an employee. Right. But in their companies. Right. But like I'm saying, I'm saying that Silicon Valley is fully aware of the school. They're right. You're absolutely right. That school is the problem. Um, that's what keeps people from really being able to, uh, you know, be creative. To think outside and the to box. Think outside to think outside of the box. It's what keeps people thinking that the only way they will be able to survive is by getting a job from someone else, no matter how shitty and menial it is. And that's the only thing they could possibly do because they're limited and they can't do more. Right. So if if the postman gets replaced, which by and large, the postman already has been, um, what exactly like like what do they. OK, so they need to learn another job. OK. 
they like the Silicon Valley's position, or at least UBI proponents position is that they are going to need time to learn and they're not going to have a, a job to do in between that. Um, so what do you, what do you do? Like, you, you know, you, you do universal basic income that that's, that's the gist. Yeah. But of course it'll never go away. And not to mention the fact that all the other social programs will never be abolished, you know, at the same well, time that, this is instituted. That'd yeah, be a really big change all at once. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the easiest way to say that this is never going to happen is that I agree that if you were to do it, I don't agree with the UBI. I want to, I want to, I want to get into this conversation to where we're talking about, let's say the UBI happens, mm-hmm. you know, then what not get into what's the problems, uh, you know, like how you're even going to get to a UBI. Um, but I mean, you know, if I agreed with the UBI, there's no way you could do it by adding on a trillion dollars to the national debt, which is what would happen if you just tacked it on, on top of all the social programs that already exist. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, uh, so, you, you know, you don't, you can't do it. Yeah, what's a trillion more? It's what is it, like yeah. 14 trillion? <laughs> yeah, oh, right. You know, right. push, it, pass it down to the future. Yeah, if not, if not even more. Um but now I, w- what I really want to get into is like, like, what's the validity of even doing a UBI? And because and, I also agree with you that I think, yes, I because so I agree with the statement that a lot of people will be out of their jobs mm-hmm. because their jobs are going to get replaced. But then at the same time, I, th- I personally, I think there will be a confluence or there can be a potential confluence of a lot of different industries and technologies coming together to where suddenly you could also have jobs that take place in outer space. That's going to be a very lucrative field. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's so, not a zero sum game when it comes to jobs. Right, like old ones fall out and new ones are created. Yeah, so so I I disagree with the premise that like the UBI is needed right this second. Uh, now I. I've had a, an idea, you know, I you're thinking long term that mm-hmm. these Silicon Valley companies are going to replace and automate so many jobs that they think UBI Which is, is going to take a while. Yeah. Which is going to take a while. That would be at least 5 to 10 years down the road, maybe even more. Yep. But um I was actually thinking like maybe they're thinking short term in that there's so many startups in Silicon Valley and the, the fucking rent is just out of control in San Francisco and uh, really all over California. Any of the t- San Diego is is the same. You know, the fucking rent and cost of living is just spiraling out of control. And yep. they can't afford most of these startups can't afford to pay their employees enough to live there. Yep. And so I think they're they're thinking maybe short term with this, too. And they would love it if somebody else paid the basic expenses for their employees, you know, their salaries yes. so that they didn't have to pay them and they could just work at their startups for free. You know, they yeah. would love it if the government paid people enough to live in San Francisco so they didn't have to. Well, absolutely. And that's actually that runs into problem one. Let's say the UBI, you know, people are suddenly all in agreement. We need to do the UBI. We're going to do 30,000 a year, you know, and, and yeah, 30,000 a year in San Francisco buys you like a piece of pizza. Exactly. Right? <laughs> that's that's problem number one is that none of the, nowhere, you know, like there is no uniform number that could go across the board, uh, at least in the United States, that that would somehow like work. You're, you're still going to have the problem of. Uh, yeah, I mean, New York City, $30,000 is a whole hell of a lot different than it is in it New Hampshire. It is in Manchester, New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a very different situation. You are you are going to very quickly create class systems based around regionalism instead of money. So you didn't really solve the, like, because a lot of people are hot on UBI because it, it creates equality. It creates some, some degree of income equality and all this. Uh, that's gone, you know, or, 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 you know, living conditions equality and all that. Nope. 
no way like that. That is absolutely impossible to implement uh, because everywhere you live is different and significantly. So, you know, by, by, by very drastic changes in numbers, um, would the, is there potential that like, if you were getting rid of, but nobody's talking about this, if you got rid of like, say the taxes that pay for, you know, Medicare, social security and all, you know, welfare and all this different stuff. If you got rid of that, would you be getting rid of the taxes that also artificially create, uh, uh, uh you know, higher prices in various cities and all that stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, you'd be wiping out the, you'd have to wipe out the entire tax system to do this. Yeah. You know, and and I really don't see that ever happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you, <laughs> no. You'd have to go from the ground up. Yeah. And, and, and that's just that's not going to fly. Even with the fair tax, like what was their idea? Like, how are they going to address state taxes? Right. Because this was just for a federal income tax. Yeah. State ta- were they, were they, they weren't going to. They weren't going to do anything with the, the state. The, uh, yeah. the theory would have been is that they would have like states would have seen how well it worked and they just would have kind of kind of followed suit. Oh, oh, it's a free market yeah. solution. <laughs> Not really. Just totally being very facetious. There. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, let's be clear here. There's a lot of people who call themselves capitalists that say that they want a UBI. They, I mean, it's welfare capitalism. That's what they call it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So what a perversion of the word capitalism. Uh, Ayn Rand would be rolling over in her grave. It's anti-mind. Anti-life. anti-life. Yeah. <laughs> and not that I identify with the term, but I sure as hell know that that is not what that word means. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. You know, any way you slice it, be it the way Marx put it or the way that, you know, Rothbard put it. Right. Uh, so anyway. Um, so you're, you're running, you're going to run into that problem in the first place, I think is that, you know, regionally, I mean, this is not going to create any form of equality and it, it's just going to create a, a totally different class system. Right. Uh, and the other thing is like the prices of things that determine the cost of living mm-hmm. aren't necessarily going to stay the same. It's almost like, um, rent controlled apartments, right? Yeah. Where when they fix the price of apartments, landlords just make up for it in other ways by just never fixing the leaking sink and shit like that, you know, right. and trying to drive out their tenants by being really mean to them, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, if people got paid a UBI, don't you think, like, maybe rents would just rise and, like, food prices would also rise so that eventually the UBI wouldn't cover it and then they'd have to raise it or they'd have to have, like, price controls on rent and food and it would get really ugly. Like, the economy is not, like... It doesn't. Ha- it's all connected, right? It doesn't happen in a vacuum where if you just pay people a UBI, the prices of everything else will stay the same. Like, look at how college tuition has inflated over the last several decades. You know, two mm-hmm. two decades, I would say maybe. Um, when government started giving out student loans, federal student loans, and um, there there started to be a lot more money available for people to go to college, so the tuitions just went up and up and up, and right. then it created this crazy situation we're in now, where people are having a quarter million dollars of college student loan debt and they can never pay it off. Yeah. So this raises, this gets into the next two points. And so I'm glad you brought that up. And I agree with what you're saying. Like even in a, a mixed economy or, you know, where, where there is some top down control, uh, you still have, you know, various parts of the market that kind of speaks for itself. Um, you, you know, that, that, that calls its own shots and, you know, you know, I mean, you, you just, there's no way you can actually control human interaction all the way. Uh, so part so, of the reason rents are high is mm-hmm. that it's a scarce housing space is a scarce resource. Yep. So that if it were available to anyone for a price they could afford, there might be an like there might not be enough apartments. You know, you might end up with shortages of apartments right. or food or no, whatever. Yeah, right? no government can increase the amount of of land 
on Earth. I mean, or you know, <laughs> or can, in or San can, Francisco, <laughs> I, I should say, can increase the circumference of the Earth. That's that's what I should say. Yeah, like like. I the, mean, there's plenty of land on Earth. It's just yeah. not in the exact spot of the few square miles of the San Francisco Bay that you might want to live. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but you get, but you're right. You get into the next two points here, okay? And that is, is that okay? Well, for the first one, when the U.S. dollar. When the U.S. dollar suddenly, you know, like there's a guarantee that $30,000 goes to every citizen of the United States. Okay. The value of the dollar will significantly change. Change, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to where $30,000 will no longer mean $30,000. It's kind of, it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's another aspect of what you've been describing yep. this whole time. Um, and well, so, it's like, remember those tax rebates that Obama gave out or mm-hmm. was it George Bush? George Bush, where yeah. he sent a check out to Where everybody. he sent like $800 yeah, to everybody. Yeah, 300 800 The yeah. stimulus checks. The stimulus whatever. checks, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be like that. Yeah. It's not going to change anything. Right. Yeah. So so that that's problematic in and of itself is that, you know, government, and this is where it gets at the end, is that you to really make this work, and I know there's a lot of people they want to talk about how they could do this with blockchains. So you don't, oh. you do it with smart contracts. So you don't actually need a government. Okay. Because I mean, we haven't even touched on the incentive issues that this creates or the dependency issues that this creates upon the government. Oh yeah. Those are major problems. I hope they go without saying, yeah. I, or I'd hope that just saying that is enough for people to get the problem mm-hmm. there. Or okay. administering it because you know, there's going to be fraud and you know, there's going to be dead people who's, who someone else is collecting their checks. And Absolutely. Things like that, you know, Absolutely. And and what are, and people will say, oh, we can solve that. We're just going to put a heart monitor inside you, you know. And it's like, oh, oh, I see. Wait, we're just going to have are you wear gonna... this bracelet yeah. to make sure you're still alive. Chip me right? off like a criminal, and yeah. then and then everything's fine. When I didn't do anything and wrong, and if you don't asshole. want the chip, then you don't get the check. Oh, I see. Well, you know, I'll <laughs> so admit, then you're thirty thousand dollars in the hole compared to everybody else. Uh, you know, I'm an atheist, but I'll say it. Very book of revelations of you, Silicon Valley. Nice job, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark of the Beast. But anyway, <laughs> so. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not even going there. You know, I'm just saying that with with uh, with government having having to, to control us, you are going to have to have a government. I know there are anarchists. OK, which I am an anarchist. Stephanie, I assume you describe yourself as an anarchist. Yes. OK. Well, it uh, depends on what that means to you, I guess. Uh, yeah. Dear, dear listener. Yeah. But, that that um, term. Right. I believe in peace and voluntary interactions. And yeah. I'm right on there with you. Uh, and same way. Peace all the way. OK. Uh, but no governments. Now. That's the problem is that I know there are anarchists that are all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do a UBI with without a government. I say absolute bullshit. There's no way you're going to have to have some kind of governing body or you're going to have to have some kind of surveillance state or there, the the blockchain that you plan to administrate this on becomes a government. Because, right. Right. Like, how would they do this? OK, so how would they do this in the current system? They would probably issue a government debit card to everybody with a government bank account from one of the big banks, Bank of yep. America, or maybe the U.S. Treasury or something like that. Yep. Um, and everybody would have a government debit card and automatically you would get a disbursement of $2,000 a month or however much it ends up being. Yeah. And you could spend it from your de- government debit card. Now, in order to get the government bank account, you would, of course, need a social security number and you would have to have a current ID and you would have to file tax returns under that and prove how much you make and things like that. Yes. Um, so, okay. How would they administrate it? And oh, not to mention, there would have to be a huge um, expansion of government because there would have to be a whole new department probably created to just administer the Department of Universal Basic Income would be created. And of course, there's going to be some level of fraud and corruption in that. And so money's going to go missing. And, you know, it's it's going to be the typical rigmarole whenever you create a new government bureaucracy. 
So how are they going to administer it without a government on a blockchain, perhaps? Right. Well, first, before we even think about that, we need a blockchain-based ID system where every baby's born has their DNA encoded into a private key. Which is being worked on. Oh, yeah. There are people literally talking about this. Yes. Um, And then so you have the private keys that you only you can unlock with your DNA. And then we have to verify your identity through multiple social media accounts and and social security number and government IDs. Oh, oops, there's no government. So we have to make Facebook make your Facebook account be the thing that verifies it with your DNA and so forth. Um, And then we once we have the blockchain ID system worked out perfectly with no kinks and flaws, then we have to (laughs) then we have to create. An address for everybody or an account where their uh, universal basic Ethereum is deposited every month, <laughs> and yeah. then and then well, if they lose their private key, well, they're going to have to have a way to uh, unlock it from the back end with the Department of Ethereum, and they're going to have to prove who they are with their DNA and the blockchain. So it's I, basically the same thing, and then the blockchain just becomes your government, and the Department of Ethereum just becomes the Department of UBI. Yeah, What's and, the difference really? Right. And then Except ha- there's more technology in the Ethereum one. Exactly. And then how do you enforce it? Well, we'll just connect robots to it. Oh, you mean like the one that, that killed a guy in American soil by the, with the cops or, you know, that the cops used? Oh, in Dallas. Uh, recently in Dallas. Week? Yeah. Uh, like, like that. Oh, yeah, I just see. like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, no, no problem there. But trust uh, Ethereum. <laughs> well, they have your best interests at heart. So uh, they're, yeah, they're beneficial overlords. They're looking over you. You you hit it all. Give you a you, universal yeah. basic income. <laughs> Your time on Let's Talk Bitcoin has forged you into beautifully being able to disseminate everything that I want, or you know, pretty much everything I wanted to say on the matter. I mean, that was perfect. And that Yay. is it. You are going to create to have a UBI. You are going to have to trample on so many human liberties that you have, and. Uh, you know, not, I mean, you're, you're going to, that's going to be the problem. And also you are going to have to create an incredibly complex system because this is the general argument that gets brought up is that, okay, it's not going to be perfect and I'm not going to claim it's perfect. Like, this is what these people would say, but it's better than what we have now. Is it? And it, well, the, well, <laughs> that's kind of. I would even dispute that. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of like, well, it'll be more efficient. It'll be all that look frauding the government. Go for it. And I'm glad that it's easy to kind of easy to do right now. Fucking fraud the shit out of that. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, I don't know that it is going to be better, but even under those auspices, you know, that somehow it is a, it is a better, uh, system. That's not good enough for me. That's not worth putting, you know, just, just a slightly better system is not worth putting my energies into. You know, it would be um, a much better system if people that? weren't forced to pay taxes and register right. with the social security number right. and pay for all these Which government, this is pay going for all these wars that they don't want to fund. That would be a really better system. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So <laughs> how about we try for that instead of. Well, all right. So so, a questionably, maybe a little bit better system. Yeah. So let me let me say what I think this sounds like as a as a historian myself. This smacks an awful lot like, you know, this idea of, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, especially people that that are supposedly anarchists or libertarians or whatever. And they want They just want to use the UBI to get to the next step. You know, they want to do incrementalism. Right. There was a guy a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, who also thought that you would need an incremental step to get to, you know, this future paradise. His name was Karl Marx. Okay. (laughs) And he said, look, before you can get to perfect communism, you're going to have to have the dictatorship of the proletariat. Okay. And (laughs) that's right. And understand this. All right. Understand this, that that was it (laughs) is that you would have to, you know, you'd have to create the system where everybody 
kind of, you know, was, was their, their food was taken care of where their live was taken care of, you know, all this various stuff that was put into place into Russia. Right. Uh, you know, you, you would need that before you oh, could. Oh, you mean the bread lines? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how their food was taken exactly. care of. Exactly. Right? Before you could fully get to communism. Okay. That was, that, that was, that was his shtick is that you would need to do that. And, uh, you know, also understand that in the, in what passed off as a constitution in the Soviet Union, it said that the purpose of this government is to get to a stateless society. Point blank. I don't know any other constitutions out there that even bothers to say that. Kudos. In a way, in a, in, a, in a you know in a roundabout way, for saying yes, we know anarchism. We, we know there shouldn't be governments. We know anarchism is the way, and this is just how we're going to get there. How the fuck did that turn out for everybody? Yeah, I'm still waiting for it to get to the stateless society. <laughs> Incrementalism doesn't work. Okay, it never gets you anywhere. It is perpetuity in practice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what people fucking forget. So that you know, so that's the thing. Like when I when I you know when I was researching the UBI, I was like, okay, look. I get what you're saying. I get what you want. Some of you may even have the best interests of humanity at heart. I could believe that. But you either, it just, it doesn't work this way. You either have to get rid of money in its entirety, and you are just going to have to dole out resources to people, or you're going to end up with the Soviet Union. Um, and that's the same thing as doling out resources to people. That's what they did in the Soviet Union. Well, but they still had money. It was this, you, I'm, I'm saying you can't have this hybrid idea. Yeah. You either go all the way or just, or, you know, you're just going to have to let things, uh, you know, naturally just get so inexpensive and cheap or uh, however, you know, or just get rid of governments right now and let the market do its business. Yeah. Okay. You know, or let, let humans, you know, exist how they want to and have freedom. Of, well, anyway, that, that's, that's a whole other, but bottom line. Is there is there is no, in my opinion, this is a absolute failure of an idea and there is no way that it can work and you still have freedom of choice and you still have like there like the, the UBI and freedom are that's an oxymoron in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, There's do you, do you have so any many, other thoughts? So many strings attached, you know? Yeah. Um, like yeah. the ID system alone. I mean, again, again, the I always ID say system, yeah. ID is for cattle, folks. Right. You know, fuck that. Right. But and you would have to have a very strong ID system in order yeah. to get this universal basic income. You know, I was just thinking, like, it could be used as a as a total string. Like, you know, a, you're, we often compare government to, like, a paternalistic thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. acting as everybody's parents and they think they're the children. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, well... If you're in my house receiving an allowance, you have to follow my rules. Yeah. You know, what kind of strings would come attached to the UBI, right? If right. you if you were accused of money laundering or something like that, could you have your government bank account and debit card suspended? You know, could you ha- could could that happen to you if you had the same name as somebody who was on the terror watch list or something like that? Yeah. Um, would there be requirements that you pledge allegiance to the state or something like that to receive the checks? Um, you know, who knows what they could put in place. Yeah, I think it really, it would, it, it would end up maybe not this generation, maybe not the next, but the following one, it would create some very, very like odd minds in my <laughs> yeah, opinion, right. uh, some very strange minds because folks, if you, you know, if you're under the paradigm of there being a medium of exchange, you cannot get paid for breathing like, like that. That's just No. Yeah, I mean, because then then the the very notion of the medium of exchange becomes perverted in and of itself and the advantages, perhaps. And if people want to disagree with the advantages or the use of a medium of exchange, that's fine. That's a different story. 
Okay. But that's, but UBI is the use of the medium of exchange. Okay. Uh, but you will, you will lose all of the advantages and all of the points, I think. What's the to, incentive to create value, right? If you yeah. don't, if you don't have any, you know, if you can skate by in life and survive by mm-hmm. doing nothing except existing. Yeah. What is the incentive to do anything? Right. To achieve anything, right? Yeah, that's it. I think the UBI destro- literally destroys the no, the idea of the market. Like there is no market with the UBI. There cannot be. I mean, what? I mean, we we got a couple minutes left to the segment. I mean, yeah, I any... think there would be some people who have greater ambitions than to just collect their UBI and just waste away. Sure, but they would probably turn to political power as a way to get extra resources. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think you would. And, and that's, that's another great point because that you would still have that lobby, that the force of lobbying would still exist under like a UBI, whether there was a government, whether it was like a, what we know of as a government or the uh, administrative body that controlled the UBI say without governments, yeah. you're going to still create that whole problem of lobbying. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's not that people wouldn't have the incentive perhaps to go and work. Maybe they still would, or that they would, uh, you know, and understand that this isn't communism either. Like, like this is the, I just want to make this, this, this point real quick. Uh, this is not the UBI is not Karl Marx's dream because, you know, his dream was, is that people actually like work is like a, a joyful thing or that work is like this great thing, like that you relish in work, including work, like working the steam engine. Right. Because <laughs> you, know? you own the means of production because you're not giving your productivity to somebody else. Right. Karl Marx would not agree with the Venus Project. Like, I mean, like th- that is part of, the, you know, the whole idea of the workers party and all this different stuff is that workers, you know, they, they take a genuine joy in the work they do. I mean, you can read about a lot of these socialist utopians, like from the 18th, 19th century, and you'll see the UBI was not a part of the program, <laughs> like, at least as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, Stephanie, UBI, what do you think? A mess? It's a mess whether it's on a blockchain or not. Yeah. Government or not. It's it's just a terrible idea. Right on. Agreed. Now, let's get into what they what they the next part of their plan in the next segment. All right. <laughs> you know what? Before we get into the next segment, I'll tell you something. If you want to thwart the UBI, get your hand on some gold and silver, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is the way, you know, you want to make sure that you've got some value. Just just step completely outside of the whole U.S. dollar system uh, in many ways. You can, you can actually make it so that you pay yourself a basic income. Yeah, you in know, a way. It just doesn't come from the government. Yeah, you, you just get, have you to di- accomplish it through strategic saving that's and another, investing. And that's one of the ways to do that is to get precious metals. Yeah, precious, you know, get kind of the dividends. In fact, that's another term they use for that, universal dividends. That's also, that's like the old phrase for Oh, right on. Uh, but anyway, but um, but, you know, get your hands on some gold and silver. Get something well, at, with actual historical value. You know, at this point, I've been buying precious metals for years. At yep. this point, I would not use anyone else but Roberts and Roberts because there's so many problems with other places. They collect your information or they won't take Bitcoin or they're just right. slow. They take a month to ship your order. Roberts and Roberts does not have any of those problems. So. Exactly. Roberts and Roberts brokerage, rrbi.co, or you can go to gold.zog.ninja, gold.zog.ninja ninja that's the website that'll take you there okay and you can buy with bitcoin when i said you could get out of this whole dollar bullshit system go for it baby you know i mean you can you can buy it with bitcoin and the shipping is fast believe me it's fast uh this is just this is one of i say this all the time and i think stephanie you'd agree with me this is one of the best businesses on the planet today our our, our roberts and roberts brokerage is just top notch no blockchain needed that's right so all right let's get back to sovereign Pixel, I'm being chased by assassin bots. I need an exit. Pixel! 
Brian Sovereign, come with me if you want to leave. Who are you? I'm Adelaide. I'll tell you more later. Get in the vehicle. Get in a car with a scantily clad and beautiful woman? Guess it's been my first choice before. Let's go. First choice. It is time for First Choice, where I cover the stories that get sent in to me through the various channels available. Of course, go to contact.zog.ninja, uh, and you can find all those ways to get in touch with the show and send in stories. And boy, people have sent in so many stories. <laughs> I really hope I can build up Sovereign Tech to where I'm doing it two, three times a week, uh, because I, I'd oh, love to, yeah, co- yeah I would love to so cover cool. all this content. Um, but you know, but I, it's limited in what I can do, but me too. So I just want to, I want to do some native advertising here and Please. I'm going to stick up for you. Cause I know it's hard to stick up for yourself. It's always better. It's easier when someone else sticks up for you. Sure. I think that, um, you know, the way you're going to accomplish that getting to do sovereign tech two to three times a week is by having sponsorships. And you need sponsors to help you out with that. Yeah. You need your listeners to help you maybe find sponsors. If they have a business, they can sponsor Sovereign Tech, you know, but they're they're going to get more content if they can help you out by reaching that goal. Because if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it as a full time job, you need to be making a full-time living from it. Yeah, you it, need to be making a universal basic income from <laughs> Sovereign Tech. And you can help that sponsors, potential right. sponsors out there. Yeah. So while there's that and then thank you, Stephanie, I appreciate that. And so, yeah, if I get enough sponsors to where I have, I, you know, I run out of spots and I have to fill in other shows and then I start doing, then more you'll shows. do more shows. Exactly. Right. So if you listeners, if you want more shows, do that, go out and find some sponsors for Brian or I, volunteer to be one yourself. And I'd be honored to anyone that does. Uh, so now this is for first choice. This actually is something, uh, an article somebody sent me some time ago, but I've noticed recently a kind of a resurgence of these types of articles. There's a lot of them. And I think, and so I'm kind of going to get into a topic. I'm not going to read any of the articles per se, because it's easy enough to talk about on its own anyway, but I think it is directly related to the UBI because it is a major part. And some of which we've talked about in sovereign tech in the past of what these tech companies have in mind and what they want. And that's, I kind of gave, I, I kind of buried the lead or I didn't bury the lead. I kind of gave away the lead, I guess I should say, uh, of what this is really all about. And what I've noticed, Stephanie, is a lot of stories about city states. Ah, and what is a city state? Is that like Sparta, Athens? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, when the last time I heard that word. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they existed far beyond that. Uh, and in some ways still do the Vatican is a city state, um, that still exists. I think, uh, Monaco would, would count as a, as a city state, uh, Hong Kong perhaps. Well, maybe not so much anymore. Um, but, but these, these could kind of fall under the realms of, of city states. Uh, and so the idea is, is that what, what I've seen a lot of write-ups about is people saying that we need to get back to city states. Uh, and there, you know, there are lots of, you know, these are on medium. These, these stories are all over the place. They're getting, you know, in fast company and all that. Everybody's talking about, uh, you know, we need to cities start, need to start being autonomous in their decision-making and all of this, um, you know, and they need to be their own governments. Like that's the idea is that effectively New York city or the Bay area or whatever would no longer be holden to the laws of the United States or of California or New York, that they would, uh, you know, they, they would they have be autonomy. Beholden? Be, did it, I, maybe I didn't say you that. You said they'd no longer beholden. 
Oh, well, I meant beholden. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess I just kind of got it. I said it in my my funny uh, Carl Sagan accent. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, that that's the gist that they're going on about, and they talk about the many advantages to you know to with cities having uh, independence. Of and and some people write up about how yeah we you know cities can be independent but yet we could still rely and still kind of fund uh, national militaries so there'd still be protection because that's always the first thing that comes up right is how does a city protect itself which I mean Estonia you know in Monaco are you know of course they're getting invaded on a weekly basis right uh, you know by by whoever no they're not <laughs> you know that that's really and no I, they're really not yeah. yeah I say that you know as a point that look the, the idea of cities getting invaded and all this stuff like that is absolutely passe today. Uh, and I don't think it's because there's national militaries. I think it's because it's just passe, uh, you know, people's, people's needs are, are in many ways getting met. In fact, you know, just real quick on, you know, on the UBI thing, look, folks, the problem isn't that people can't afford food. It's that there's a distribution problem with the food. There is plenty of food yeah, to feed every human being absolutely. on the planet. I can, I've talked about that on Sovereign Tech before. I could prove that, you know, beyond anecdote, well beyond anecdote, that there is plenty of food today. It is bullshit when you hear that from people. May not all be the healthiest food, I'll grant you that. Okay, um, but, you know, money isn't going to solve that either. I mean, you know, that, let's say, well, yeah, but they're not getting the healthiest food. It's like, okay, so you want them, so then $30,000, really, you should be giving them $60,000 so they can afford organic food then, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't even make sense, that argument. Um, so any, And then there wouldn't be enough organic food to feed everybody, so the price would go up, right? Anyway, right. so, yeah, you just can't. Just, yeah. Just don't even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so honestly, one of the ways to solve this distribution problem would, you know, I... I just want to say, and I want to hear your opinion on it, Stephanie, like at the end of the day, now this isn't going from national states, nation states to city states is an incremental step in my opinion, because you're still, you still have a state. Yep. Um, it's just a little bit smaller. Right. Uh, you know, in an, if I were to take the conventional sense of in an incremental sense, this is a great thing. I told, I 100% agree that yes, Make power as small as possible. Yeah, I guess it's a form of secession, right? Yeah, yeah, do that. And I and I I support secession as an action. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, it, it's not like something I work towards, but I support it. I mean, I work towards it on an individual level, but not on any city or state level. Um, you know, rock and roll, go for that. I think that's that's fine and dandy. Would you under under that in that paradigm? Would you agree with that statement, Stephanie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a right. step in the right direction. If you're thinking about incremental as fine. Yeah. Incremental improvements of human liberty. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, I'm on board with that, but I think there, and I want to get into more about this whole city state idea, but I do want to, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to show the, uh, the man behind the curtain here real quick oh. before we do that. Who's behind the curtain. That's the thing is that most of the people writing up about the idea of going back to city states are American. Not only American though, they are out of San Francisco. Ah, that's a pattern. And I think that's the rub. Okay. Which <laughs> while I agree. Because they want their own little fiefdom. Yeah. While I, while I am totally on board within that paradigm as an anarchist, I don't, the idea of city states doesn't, doesn't, you know, give me a hard on or anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, but within the paradigm of incrementalism, I get the notion of city states. I understand that. And I, and I think it's a good idea. Okay, uh, just like there is in California, there is the idea that Tim Draper was pushing for the six-state measure, yep. where you could break it up into six states. I'm on board with that. That you didn't know? go anywhere, though, did it? No, it did, didn't. Yeah. Didn't fly. Um, but but I get it, and and I and I understand that, and I think it's a good idea within that paradigm. 
Um, but here's the thing is that this is, this is really all about this recent interest is not about people. And, and this is, this is key to, to this conversation because I don't think the conversation is about human freedom. I don't think the con- the recent conversations about creating more city states is about making life better for everybody on planet earth. It is about making life better for, I hate to use this term, but I'm going to the elites in the Bay area. <laughs> That's what this is about. Yeah. That's why this conversation is coming up. This is the not specific about breed of elites. Too. Exactly. <laughs> right. The, you know, because a lot of people read these stories and they start sharing them and they start getting excited about them and saying, isn't it great? Look, people are really on board with Liberty today. They are getting it. It's like, yeah, they're not no. anarchists, but the, but they want to do these things. No, no, they don't. They, they're they, just falling for what Google's pitching you about wanting to have a corporate city or a Microsoft or whoever else. Right. right. And that's, that is the, that, yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you're, you're way ahead of me and, and I love it, uh, is that that's what this is really about. This is about creating, this is not about creating areas where there is more freedom. This is about creating corporate cities. Yeah. Fiefdoms. Literally. Yeah. Corporate fiefdoms, yeah. which has been a fear for a long time. And it's a fear because they've existed in the past. Parts of Las Vegas used to be corporate and they, some mm-hmm. of them still are. And yeah. it's fucking creepy. Like, uh, 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 what's that company that, that Amazon bought out that sold shoes? Not Zappos. Zenny. Z- Z- uh, Zappos. Zappos. Yep. Zappos. Like it's creepy. You've got to smile. You're not allowed to not smile. I oh mean, my like, God, Oh, there, wow. there's all this crazy shit that goes on. Look into the Zappos, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Corporate, corporate city, city or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, fucking strange what about ave maria that's owned by the guy who's got domino's pizza and they have like oh and CVS's it's all in the towns that don't sell birth control and things like that and, yeah i um, mean that's that's sort of different that's not not everybody there works at domino's right so it's a little bit different but yeah it is a town owned by a corporate mogul and they have absolute control over it and there's a very interesting cultural some some different it's a cultural bubble basically yeah. it's a catholic town yeah now- and also remember do you remember um they used to have like when the West was being settled in early American history, mm-hmm. they they used to have these corporate towns and people would get paid in company scrip, right. which was like a basically, um, well, almost like an altcoin yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the company, <laughs> the early proto version of an altcoin. Yeah. Where it's it's money that's issued by the company and you get paid for your work in that company money and you can spend it at the company store. So it goes right yep. back to the It's like this little contained economy. Yeah. And it only has value there, which is right. the problem. Now, I mean, real quick on that, I think all coins could solve that because now due to interconnectivity, you can have exchanges to where like, like, I think that there, there could be a switch out to some degree of that, but that is, a, that is a problem. I, I, I think there, there is an issue with this idea of like, yeah. the company script and all that, well, especially I mean, Amazon is already sort of doing that. Like some of their, like Amazon mechanical Turks or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is like people in India that are like virtual assistants handling customer service emails and things like that and right. uh, doing other little tasks like that. They get paid in Amazon credit. They they're not getting paid in anything else. And so, yeah. one of the things that they do is go on Purse.io and exchange that credit for Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Well, right there, you a go. A lot of them don't have bank accounts, and so how are they supposed to get other types of money? Yeah. But so Amazon is already doing the company script thing. It's not <laughs> not that far away from a corporate town. Yeah, the same thing's being done. This is similar also with the uh, Valve's Steam platform that yep. also is getting done um, with a, with just the Steam login ID. This kind of like there's gambling going on. Kids are gambling all over. The oh place. my gosh! I'll talk about that in a future it's sovereign anarchy. tech. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I mean, I'm not against the idea of like of of a culture bubble. You know, like, like that, that's, if you want that, you know, you can kind of, 
you can have that as long as you don't go interfering with anybody else on, you know, kind of on the whole matter. Um, but yeah, this does create issues in that there are, the problem is the central planning. Okay. Because there are people who think they know what's best and how this is supposed to work in such a large freaking area. I mean, I don't even think, you know, I'm all about like people, you know, five, 15, maybe even a hundred people getting together and having their own little town. Okay. And if you can find a plot of land to buy that doesn't infringe on anyone else, that's the thing. Like you've always expressed concerns, even with the free state project. Or with like Israel or something, right? You know, what about the people who lived there before? If if a bunch of if a group of people is going to move to an area with the intent of changing the culture and changing the laws and creating a paradise for them, mm-hmm. for people that want to li- that are in that group, what about the people who were already living there? What about do they get a choice in the matter? Yeah, who do they are just you? have to move and fuck you, right? Like, what happens if Amazon and Google and Microsoft create corporate towns and? You know, are they going to buy out the people who land, who already had land there and live there or, or are they going to just be subsumed and be forced to move? Like, what's yeah. going to happen with that? Yeah, are they be- going to eminent domain? Walmart is famous for doing eminent domain, using the power of the government to seize land and offer people shit prices for land that was where they that that deigns to exist where they wanted to build a Walmart, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that you hit it. That that is a huge problem is that, you know, who gets a say in all of this? Uh, you know, if you decide to turn these things into city states uh, and all of that. But this is definitely part of the plan because, I mean, like Larry Page did that interview with the Financial Times two years ago where he explicitly said he wants to make Google cities. OK, so, yeah, of course, he's on board with city states. Now, what about that Honduras one? Remember, they were going to create this free cities thing in Honduras, and that was basically a corporate city or a a conglomeration of corporations, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to create this autonomous zone that wasn't subject to the laws of Honduras and stuff. I think they already did, right? Uh, I th- they've had varying degrees of success. Okay. I, d- I don't know how yeah, that's I know worked out. There's been lots of problems that, with it. It's been going on for like five years, right? But um, yeah, that's a cor- that's basically a corporate city as well. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, these ideas aren't aren't new. Like some of them have been around forever. The Vatican's been around for you know thousand over thousand years. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's lots of they used to call them in the Holy Roman Holy Roman Empire. There used to be things called imperial cities. Um, which were relatively autonomous. Uh, mm. They also had territorial cities, which weren't as autonomous. Uh, you had the Hanseatic League, mm. which, and, you know, I'll be clear that, like, the Hanseatic League and a lot of these imperial cities, I think they allowed for a lot of the flourishing of the Renaissance. Um, yeah. Now, and, you know, I think there there could also be a benefit to um, the other folks. So um, maybe this goes under what we were talking about earlier, but Mm -hmm. basically if New York city were its own thing, separate from upstate New York, right. Then the people in upstate New York wouldn't have to worry about the people in New York who are very in the city, who are very politically different from them, controlling the whole politics of the state. Right. Same with California. Silicon Valley wouldn't be in control over Northern California, Northern California, which is is very different. Yeah. Which is like upstate New York. (laughs) Exactly. So it could have some benefits for some people, but right. What about the people who are trapped inside that area? Yeah. I mean, get the fuck out. Right. Right. And, and the guy that the people that write the stuff up, admit that like that, they know that look, cities have their own cultures and they do. And it's true. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that necessarily, you know, uh, I, in fact, part of the reason I am so bullish on the idea of, of creating intentional communities is because, yeah, people have different ways they like to live. They have different cultures and they need that, you know, they uh, I think it's OK for them to be able to, uh, you know, acquire a space where they can go and do that. You know, they can act that sort of thing out. Um, so the idea of the city state in the abstract, not 
the idea of independent cities. Okay. The state part, I totally disagree with, you know, like if you're, if you're going to, I mean, part of like, why does New York have its own culture? Uh, a lot of that has to do with, you know, people just life finds a way, <laughs> you know, to use that phrase. And, and, and people have just figured out ways around the system, not creating the system right. uh, itself. And so, so this is, yeah. So I don't agree with, with the central planning aspect of it. Um, I love the idea of, of, uh, you know, power, like, well, I want power to effectively go away, mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, again, in, within that paradigm, I am, I am supportive of the idea as a whole. And historically, I think it's shown to, to work better than what exists, but I just, you know, I really want to make the point super clear here that the recent interest in this is not because people are interested in human freedom. Um, or if they are, they have a very, they have a very skewed version of it, in my opinion. Right. Um, and that skewed version includes ID systems and all this and UBI and, and things like this, or the inability to travel on your own using technology. Like a lot of this is going to include self-driving cars. I mean, oh, they, these city yeah. states that these people are talking about are going to be so algorithmically controlled. I mean, you might as well just, you know, just check your humanity at the bus stop. <laughs> okay, because uh, I mean that—that's—that's that's how I, I think it's going to work. I would be sad if I never went to San Francisco again. Damn right. But as long as they keep it contained, but that's the thing—they're always going to want to expand outward, and then yeah. the city states are going to copy each other's bad ideas, and you know. Yeah, yeah, and and I think this is another thing. You know, people don't. Well, I mean, maybe people are going to want to go voluntarily sign up and be a part of a Google city, you know, or something like that. Um, and, you know, somebody, and it's going to get ugly because I could see if these city states actually became a thing. Like they're going to talk about how, oh, well, we have free food here. You know, we have all the blah, blah, blah. We have this, we have that. And, uh, you know, when you're never, you're still going to run into the same problems with a lot of advertising where the narrative is skewed for you to realize, no, it's not really free. You're trading off either data or you're trading off something like this. Uh, yeah. And how strictly are they going to control immigration? Are you going to have to have a blockchain ID to get into San Francisco, new San Francisco? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? I, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's real issues here and, and, it needs to be paid attention to that. The reason that this is a subject again, the reason that this is coming up, it has nothing to do with freedom. It has to do with people that, uh, that, that have vested interest in creating their own little cities or having their own little power and all this stuff. I mean, like Larry page, why did he, why did he break up Google into like 20 companies or into 20, you know, 24, 26 companies. Right. Uh, you know, however many alphabet, cause I don't know if they're going to exactly follow the alphabet. Uh, <laughs> like, like, like why did he do that? Because he wanted his own Silicon Valley. Okay. He wanted to be his own King of the Hill. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so that, that's the thing is that I think a lot of these asshats, they think they know how things should work. Okay. And, and how they should work without the opportunity of choice. You know, I talk a lot about on Sovereign Tech about how I think things, quote unquote, should be. The only way I really think things should be is what gives you the maximum amount of choice. That's freedom to me is choice. Not like this is going to guarantee the most amount of safety for such and such and such. You know what I mean? Or this is going to protect this. It's all about choice for me. And I don't see a lot of these companies. I, I sure as hell don't see tech companies being pro-choice. 
not outside of the Linux space. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like I, I just, I don't see that, that happen. And I mean, pro-choice, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, 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 having babies or anything. I'm talking about, you know, just, just everyday choices. Pro-life choices. Yeah. yeah. Every, <laughs> just, everyday choices. Right. I just, I don't see that happening. I mean, what do you, what do you think of the whole, the whole city state idea? I mean, g- g- give me a I, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to live in one. Right. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess if it takes the, I guess I sort of have the view of someone from upstate New York, like, good, I wish they would secede. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it takes these assholes who want to control away from me, and they don't have as much power over me, good. Right. And I don't have to choose to live there? Great! Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think it's scary what some of the, the ideas that they would probably implement, but as long as I don't have to live there... Who cares, right? Yeah, no, ex- bingo. Yes, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm totally on with what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what happens within those things could be very disconcerting. Yep. Um, but you know, I, it kind of brings. I, I want to ask you this, and if you don't want to answer it, I, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a, a mulligan here or whatever, and I'll, or not? Yeah. Is it a mulligan? Yeah, we're. A mulligan is a do-over in a golf. A do-over. I'll give you a do-over. I'll edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, do you really think that? the entire planet earth will ever be uh, uh anarchist or liberty oriented no you do not no you don't think that like that'll ever happen um unless there's some natural disaster and most of the population gets wiped out whoa <laughs> and there's nobody left yeah the i don't flood. yeah basically someone call eclipso the flood if, if there's <laughs> like 10,000 people left on earth and they're all scattered about then yeah i think it could be anarchist or voluntarist world so you don't think that the amount of people six billion seven billion well we're above seven billion now right mm-hmm. uh seven billion people like it's just it's not going to happen no it's not going to happen okay i agree I, <laughs> I just want to say i totally agree with you that that i don't there's there is no i in my opinion there is no chance that the yeah, entire I agree. planet there's will no ever chance be... and that's why i've stopped trying to convince people right the only thing i think we can do is build intentional communities find our friends and yep. put ourselves out there to in a safe way to the extent that it helps us find some friends and once we have enough friends you just try to live with them and try to be left alone as much as you can and that's all you can really do on yeah. this planet yeah i mean so you know in one sense like this is a positive positive trend i would say you know again i i i feel like i'm repeating myself but this is the idea of people concentrating on smaller and smaller areas of power is is a positive trend because that's less power that a certain geographic area actually has okay uh you know that that's 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 a good thing but again in this case why is it becoming a topic now it's not for the reasons that i like it's not because there's people more interested in more freedom and all that it really has to do with um it has to do with with people just like wanting to have their own seats of power. Like, I, I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, you know, I didn't get to get into an, another and, and I agree with your solution. Like I've, I've been espousing that for, you know, some time on Sovereign Tech, obviously, that intentional communities, that's the way to go. You know, whether you go into space, you find a nice plot of land somewhere, or you go in the sea and have a little sea colony or something, you, wherever you can do oh, it. Sea you, absolutely. You know, get your friends and lovers and, and, and rock it out. Um, so but, you know, this is interesting because. What's what's actually I think there's kind of a competing trend in this. And I want to talk about this a little bit and I should have gotten into it sooner to talk more about it. But have you ever heard of um, what what do they call it? It's like Brosny uh, or, or Boswash or Bosni wash. Have you ever heard of this? No. What is that? This is the idea that the very there was the very first megalopolis 
or Super okay. City. Yep. And it runs from Boston to Washington, D.C. Oh. That that's actually all one city. <laughs> Bosnia, Wash. Bos- that's cute. Right, yeah. Or Boston, New York, Washington. Right. Sorry. Boston, New York, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's the idea that New York and Philadelphia are all included in. And that right now, this is actually a giant city and nobody realizes it. So, <laughs> so here's the funny thing is that like this whole city state idea is kind of like, I think a trend, an opposite trend occurs because with the city state idea, what's going to, what's going to happen? Because some of these, some of these cities are also part of where people talk about creating, you know, separate city states. Yeah. What I think would actually happen is what happens with city cultures in the first place is that they do grow and spread. So when you have like, not just city cultures, but city power, that power does start to spread and you do end up with a Bosni wash. I don't know. Boston's pretty different from Washington, D.C., yeah, well, I mean, in any in any city, you have like different quadrants, right? Or you have like a Chinatown, yeah, na- and you neighborhoods, have all this sure, stuff. sure. But like the power, I still think likes to just continue. As long as there is power, power is going to want to centralize, and that's my concern. Is that even when people aren't planning on it, and these city state guys are claiming not to be planning on it, eventually you're going to get, you're going to end up with a Bosnia wash. <laughs> uh, so so that's that's why I you know even at the end of the day well as long as there's still some rural areas I don't mind yeah well th- th- there it is I, and they only have to exist for the next however long I'm alive anyway so well that, after that, that who cares that's that's a, that's a major point to bring <laughs> yeah. up yeah. <laughs> right I, I mean we have so agenda 21 just hold off for a few more <laughs> decades okay just can you do would you mind just you holding know, off yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, just yeah, just just hold off, right? Agenda <laughs> twenty one. Oh boy, that that's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, things are. You know, I've always said this. I know there's like a big environmental movement and all this stuff, but folks, I I will also say that my prediction for the future is it's going to be like the sprawl, like William Gibson's sprawl, where everything becomes far more city than it becomes more natural. Unfortunately. Oh man. Okay. So another live read. <laughs> another oh, cool. live read. How about that? Fine. What I want to tell people about here is guess what you hear all these ideas that i have and all these things that i talk about all these security issues that i'm keeping on top of you can actually hire me yeah you can hire the golden stallion to make me a part of you know be it your your individual you know your entrepreneurship your activism your small business whatever and i can put all of this work to you with sovereign tech solutions and all you got to do is go to solutions.zog.ninja brian's done consulting for small businesses about cybersecurity. he's written um you know, operating SOP manuals for cybersecurity best practices. He's uh, consulted with individuals about making their devices secure. That's something people don't realize, right? Because I think when people hear cybersecurity solutions, they're thinking like, oh, big company needs to hire somebody. But you actually work for individuals. That's a unique service. You can help somebody find the best apps to install on their phone. You can walk somebody through the dark Android protocol. Exactly. That you developed. So if you're an individual, you can actually do that. If you need someone to hold your hand and walk you through it, Brian can do that for you. And, you know, it's not going to be like corporate rates or anything like that. He's he's accessible to everybody and affordable. So put him to work. Please. (laughs) Solutions.zog.ninja. Okay. Or just send me an email. You know how to find me. Uh, And and I would love to work with you. I mean, a secure, you know, more people getting into cybersecurity. You're going to get so much value for that. Yeah. You're going to love it. Anyway, solutions.zog.ninja. All right. Let's get back to the show. Thanks, Stephanie. Hey, you want to slow down? I don't do slow. I move fast. Okay. 
Well, so you're French. Everyone in the future speaks French. Wait, wait, wait. The future? From 2099. Permanent Autonomous Zone, Osiris One. You've been there. Oh, this isn't happening. It only thinks it's happening. How do I know you're from Osiris One? LGP fingerprint Omega 74656666. Okay, you're, you're legit. Hey, really, be careful. You drive like you're playing a video game. That is how you programmed me. Game talk. We interrupt this regularly scheduled game talk uh, to actually read some uh, some listener feedback and uh, maybe even get into a couple little questions. Uh, but, you know, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on uh, this week. I think some of these, these topics this are huge. Really fun. <laughs> so it's great to have someone else to help, you know, to help out. And, and, well, you know, I have huge with. topics. So. Uh, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> my, my. Um, so anyway, uh, I do want to say quickly, you know, there was the tragic, tragic incidents uh, in Dallas and in other parts of the country uh, this past week. I will be yeah. dealing. These stories have, I mean, are so tech related in a million ways. Uh, I will be doing next week's show is going to all be about, uh, or largely, I should yeah. say, is going to be about the subject. Uh, so if you're wondering why aren't I talking about that, believe me, I will talk about it. Uh, and, and it's important, I think, to, you got to let stuff like this breathe. First of all, people got to gotta calm down. You know, they got to, they got to, I mean, like, like, you know, hearts are racing and, and that's not a good time for, for, you know, intellectual speculation and, and, uh, and conversation a lot of times. Um, so, you know, I mean, and rightfully so people are, are mad and, and, you know, their hearts are racing. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, dispelling their, their feelings by any means. Uh, but also there needs to be a lot more, a lot more information, you know, brought out, brought to light and all that. So I don't want to, I am, this is not CNN. Okay. I'm not going to report on stuff or talk about stuff or give opinion on stuff, you know, that's happening by the minute. Uh, you know, because I think that's how we get into half the messes we're in, in the first place. Uh, the 24 hour news cycle is so harmful to to the human condition in my opinion uh and people don't even really think about it uh but anyway or the tw- you know the 24-hour news cycle as we have it i mean obviously people can constantly take yeah. in information but as the it stands, news in general is just so it's bad yeah yeah um so sovereigns to really stand kind of above that and um and i'm really honored i want to read i just want to read some things here because it seems like other people seem to have gotten that uh, as well here here i'll start off with a fun one um i have this is from a listener i have an okay cupid profile that i've maintained on and off for the last several years i just got fed up with it and basically turned it into a giant advertisement for sovereign tech and sex and science hour <laughs> thank you so much for that <laughs> now that's a creative way to advertise that's i haven't even thought of that but that's yeah. amazing uh, but, and then to finish it off, uh, the day after I did that, I had the most pleasant conversation I've ever had with anyone on there. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. How about that? that? Play a little so matchmaker. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad I'm that so happened. I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. Bringing people together. I've gotten emails. I've gotten other emails in that vein. I've gotten an email from, uh, from a person who they met somebody like, I, I forget exactly how it happened, but they noticed that they were listening to Sovereign Tech and the other person was a Sovereign Tech fan. They didn't know anybody, for, each other from Adam. And they're going out now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they weren't, I don't even think the other person was, uh, was you know, liberty oriented or anything. Like, it was just fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was, that is so that cool. was a great story. I love, so, I love those stories. Yeah. Um, Keep on making love, people. That's right. So now I have, um, I've got another one here. Uh that is a little more on, on serious, but, but really kind of ends on a happy note, I, I think. 
Um, and it's Hey Stallion. I started listening to Sovereign Tech about 3.5 years ago, which about as long as he's been there from the beginning. Uh, shortly after I started listening, I got arrested and sent to prison oh, for no. trafficking MDMA. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I spent 2.5 years in prison. Luckily, I got through it. Uh, I got through it okay, and I'm now doing better than ever mentally and physically, if not financially and legally. Mm. I'm glad to hear that you got through that. That is obviously yeah. for doing nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. That is, that's just horrendous. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sorry that was stolen for you, but from you, but I'm glad you got out and yeah. made it through. And you're doing okay now. Um, yeah. Wow. What a yeah. resilient, I mean. Absolutely. And you know, I, I guess like two, two and a half years of your life is too much to be taken away, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like maybe there are people in jail for longer yeah. for lesser crimes, you know, yep. um, or for maybe the same crime. Yep. So uh, at least you didn't get life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that, that yeah, that there's I these mean, mandatory minimums, right? In yes. some States and they have to sentence you. It's such bullshit. Yeah, it's all crazy. End the war on drugs. End it now. That's, that's and to talk about something that's a problem with humanity. Oh man. The war on drugs is just madness. Uh, so, I'll read on here. Uh, my single greatest pleasure since getting out of prison has been listening to Sovereign Tech. Aww. I'm yeah, <laughs> getting a little goosebumps. I'm so glad you didn't pod fade, uh, which pod fade is when podcasts just like, you know, the average podcast only goes seven episodes. Uh, and, you know, and actually the average podcast only has 100 listeners. I'm glad that I have. Wow. Blown both of those completely out of the water. But yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I loved your show three years ago. But while I was gone, you definitely honed your craft. It is fucking amazing now. Going to prison was almost worth it to be able to listen to new, to me, episodes every day for months. Aww. And um, and he also gave a, a very, very, very kind donation um, and just said, keep Aww. up the great work and love. And uh, that, you know, like Thank I wanted, so I, much. I got that a couple weeks ago and I wanted to get into it last week and I just didn't. And so I'm making sure even if the show has to run long, run, run long this week, uh, that I wanted to get that in, uh, because that, I mean that, you know, that it really makes it worth it, you know, doing, doing the show. Um, I've had lots of people also email me, say they left the military yeah, because they heard my experience that. in the military and then because they listened to the show and they're like, and then they said, yeah, these ideals are right on. And so we're, you know, enough. Uh, so thank you so much, listener. I am so sorry you had to go through what you went through. I am so honored to entertain you. Yeah, that's <laughs> you the know? thing he said. Okay, what? Well, as soon as I get out, I'm listening to Sovereign Tech. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that's the, he I didn't forget about you. I don't have words yeah. for that. You, you were know? still there when yeah. you got out. I just I don't have words for that. Uh, yeah. But I mean, certainly, I hope that technology makes all of these systems that oppress us worthless and meaningless and makes them go away, you know, and then maybe that's, that's part of what, what the appeal is for sovereign tech for this listener yeah. as well. Uh, and so, you know, we're all working towards that. So, um, yeah, I'm thank you. And I, I'm sorry what happened, but I'm so honored that you're still with us and still with me and you're, and you still got it together. You can get really jaded being in, in, in systems like that, you know, being in prison and all that stuff. And yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, much love to you right back, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm really honored by that. Uh, I got one more that I'll, that I'll go into. So, but, but yeah, you know, I'll just stop real second for, for a quick second. Like, especially now when, you know, it's voting season, right. You know, and all this pol political bullshit and it's like, well, this is how we'll stop the wars. This is how we'll do this. And then no. and it's like, no, no, none of that's going to work. And absolutely. Yes. Something as simple as doing a podcast 
will will totally help free people in so many ways. It'll shrink. I have literally, and I don't mean this as a boast, I'm just saying that I have literally shrunk the size of the U.S. military. <laughs> yes, okay. you have. <laughs> All right. You I, have. You know, You've by, been directly responsible for some certain people leaving. By sheer force of personality, nothing more. You know, like, I mean, that, that I, th- there you have it. I'm, you didn't even say to people, like, in a moralistic tone, like, you should get out. You just nope. gave an example. Nope. You, you basically just live by example. Yeah. And, and showed them that it was cool. I mean, I, if you're yeah. going to, I've had people ask me, you know, should I leave and all that? And then mm-hmm. I, when they ask me, I'll give them the answer, you know, that, yeah. Wait. Gave them information and resources. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, and also, you know, and people, I mean, just, this helps people. This really help doing this sort of thing really helps people. You do not have to get into the political realm, and I guarantee you it is far less helpful. So anyway, just wanted, you know, Carl to know, absolutely, man. <laughs> you know, that thank you. I am I honored beyond words. Uh here's a here's another one. Um and this is kind of a question. Uh hi Sovereign. I'm a longtime listener, love the show. You bring a fresh perspective to nearly every topic, and I lis- I'd listen even if you weren't an anarchist. Wow! <laughs> How about that? There might be a bizarro Brian Sovereign. There might a be status, Brian Soviet. Actually, Brian. Oh, Soviet's there is. That's right. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, after hearing, I'll read on. After hearing your critique of native advertising on popular sci-fi blogs and such, uh, why they only give new books the time of day instead of old ones, I was wondering if you had a list of must-read science fiction novels. Uh, I grew up on Asimov. Oh, do and, you have oh, a boy. list of must-read? <laughs> I, I grew up on uh, on Asimov and Heinlein. Discovered Werner Vinge recently and. And just finished Neil Stevenson's uh, Anathem uh, and also said, uh, I revisited Babylon 5 a few years ago on your recommendation. And holy shit, definitely one of the greatest science fiction stories ever. Uh, thank you so much for all of that. Um, I will say I'm I'm going to do a write up about this or maybe I will take a segment like a, a climax of Sovereign Tech to talk about this question. I just wanted to know that that I heard him and, you know, I I, I but I want to recommend real quick a couple things. First off, the culture series by Ian M. Banks. It is the anarchist series, science fiction series out there that that has been disseminated through mass media. Uh, I totally recommend that. You just wanted to say disseminated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other one I'd recommend, if you want just like one novel that nobody's read, read Slan by A.E. Van Vogt. Read anything by A.E. Van no, Vogt. No, I have never read that. And you are the king of things that nobody else has read. Absolutely. But that is a classic. The ultimate but, hipster. Right. But I will make up this list for you, listener. Uh, I, I am. I, it would be an honor to do that. So I, I will do so. But anyway, thank you all so much for the continued emails. I do have special things lined up for Q&A. All right. So if you're wondering, where's the Q&A been? Oh, I am going to make it up to everybody. That? We'll talk about it later. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Let, let's get... Let, let's take a quick break, and then we've got a whole other subject to get into that's fantastic. All right, here we go. Sounds good. It is fantastic. All right. Tonight, Knight Rider crashes into your living room. I don't believe this. Well, you'd better believe it. A lone crusader for justice drives this crime crasher. The world's most fantastic car. And together they can do just about anything. After all, we're only human. Don't press your luck. And now, buckle up for action with the fastest show on television, Knight Rider. See Knight Rider online today. And now back to Sovereign Tech. Pixel says it should be this panel. We need to hack into the control center to shut down all of those assassin bots. Well, you're the android. Can't you just jack in? Wait, but... 
The way I connect is more like a jack-off. Was that a joke? Ecking is no joke. Hmm. Directly connecting certainly beats doing it with the keyboard. Hmm. You're notorious for your love of cyber sex. Okay, now that was a joke. Just get hacking. A quick ick solves everything. Hacksack. It is time for Hacksack, where we talk issues of hacking and security. And actually, you know what? This week, I want it. This is kind of a Bitcoin story, but it goes far beyond that. Uh, so fortunately, I have one of the 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 uh, the triad of uh, <laughs> of let's talk Bitcoin hosts, the lovely and hyper intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Uh, all right, probably. I mean, it's that's got to still be the most popular Bitcoin show, like cryptocurrency show out there. Um, I would venture. I guess. Yeah, I, I, really I would say that it is. I mean, as far as the other ones that are more, we, we were definitely like the original one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as listener numbers, well, we just passed episode three hundred. That's amazing. Yeah. Bravo. Well, you're twice weekly, so because Sovereign well, Tech and Let's Talk Bitcoin have been around for yeah, yeah. Now it's only once. Weekly. Oh, now it's only once. Yeah, but so. it was twice weekly. For you got a little week. jump on it. But that's all yeah. right. Anyway. So what I want to talk about is there was uh, the news that Coinbase, um, well, first off, Coinbase has made a deal with PayPal to where you yep. can you can buy and sell through PayPal. I think I got that you right? can sell and it'll go directly into PayPal. You, the fiats will go directly into PayPal okay. if you sell on Coinbase or you can And that's buy. instantaneous, though there's a higher fee. I as I understand think it. so. Yeah. yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but that's apparently because normally you have to wait a couple of days for it to get to your bank, you right? Know, depending upon your bank, and yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they can PayPal the money to you instantaneously, or you can buy with a credit card. I think. Yeah, and there's a higher fee for that. Right. So they made those enhancements to their, you know, business model. Right. Um, Coinbase. Which I gotta say, they're becoming more and more damn convenient, even though they're. You know, they've there. There's some privacy concerns with Coinbase. Sure, you know, they sure. ask you where you got your bitcoins from. They've yep. sent people emails saying Gotta, I'm canceling your account because your bitcoins are linked to marijuana seeds or something yeah, like that. I, there was a screenshot from a guy on Reddit, and right. who knows how many other people they've done that to you too. Yeah, and you have to you have to like show your you know state issue ID and all, that, especially to use the PayPal thing in particular. I think you have to do a state issue mm. ID. Um, and I mean, you know, there's some that compare them to the Fed of Bitcoin. Yep. Like that's, that's the comparison. Uh, so or they state sponsored bank at least. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, but they also did just a little bit more. Now, I mean that you hit the nail on the head. The, both of those options make Bitcoin a far more convenient, uh, 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 system, you know, a far more convenient, uh, uh, currency or whatever, you know, to be able to use and, and deal in and all that. Uh, no doubt about the convenience, but you also raised the very, very serious concerns. Uh, I mean, first off, there's a centralization concern, and then there's, you know, the the ID and all the, the you know, just all that data getting collected in one spot and everything, you know, you're, you know, one of the beauties of Bitcoin, of course, one of the original beauties was that it was pseudonymous. If you worked for it, it could be anonymous, you know, and you could do whatever. But obviously Coinbase is an affront to that, but it's also the easiest way to turn it into money that is accepted in on a grander scale, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but now, you know, speaking of a grander scale, Coinbase is making a deal with Mitsubishi Bank. Now, <laughs> the first thing I thought when I heard this, Mitsubishi. Right. <laughs> that's not a bank. That's a car company. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure that every American who hears Mitsubishi is not going to think bank. They're going to think car. So what's yes. the deal there, Brian? Well, so this is the thing. And I've mentioned Mitsubishi before because it is a very unique. Now, 
you got to understand this. Yes, there is a Mitsubishi bank and I want to get you to understand its size. It is the eighth largest bank in the world. That is not small. That that you've (laughs) never heard of. That you've never heard of. It is the largest bank in Japan. Uh, And really, this is something a lot of people just don't. I mean, I used to visit Japan often. Um, So, you know, I, I... I guess I have a degree, a degree of inside track and I have an obsession with kind of with Japanese culture too. But anyway, uh, you know, most of these companies like Sony, you know, when you think Sony, Stephanie, what do you think? Electronics. Right. They're an insurance company. That, that is, their, what? Th- th- you're right. That's, that's their number one thing is that they are an insurance company. In like, Asia? Y- yeah. In Asia. Uh, like the, the, the electronics company is almost a secondary thing. Now it started like as a radio company and all that stuff, but as far as like, what is its big deal now? What does it make money? I mean, of course, then they do movies and all that stuff. I mean, these are, these are these giant conglomerates that you remember from the movies in the eighties. Right. So they have all these different aspects to them. Now Mitsubishi, you know, 19th century started off as like a shipping company. Okay. And then in, in very short order, they became a bank. Mm-hmm. All right. And then they became manufacturing and all this. That's why their symbol is three diamonds. All right. And each of those diamonds is, is the triumvirate of how you create this really successful business. And that is, uh, you know, at least the original idea, they're not really a shipping company much anymore, mm-hmm. but the original idea was, you know, shipping, banking, manufacturing. Oh, okay. Like that, that was the idea in the early, oh, and, and, yeah, yeah. you know, then after, I mean, so it's been a bank for a while. World War II happens, you know, all this comes out of the, the Magi uh, dynasty, but, uh, uh, or era, but World War II happens, things kind of reformulate. So then Mitsubishi does come back, but this time it is first and foremost a bank. Okay. I'm just giving you like a little bit of the past history where, where it's a descendant from, yeah. but this time now it is really just a bank where this is after World War II. Um, and then it becomes an electronics company after the fact, it becomes a car company after the fact, all the manufacturing doesn't come back till, till much, much later. Mm. Okay. Um, but this is a huge bank and I think people here like Coinbase is working with Mitsubishi and they're like, well, that's not such a big deal. No. Yeah. This is a I think, huge deal. I think some Americans <laughs> hear that and they're like, oh, they found some rinky dink Japanese bank. Right. But this right. is a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is the J.P. Morgan Chase of of Japan. Yes, it absolutely is. I mean, and now they've merged. They've even they've merged with the Bank of Tokyo. I mean, now the bank itself is its own little conglomerate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you have I to wonder too, like how much of this had to do with Mount Gox? Because I don't know who Mount mm. Gox's bank was, or <sighs> I don't think it was Mitsubishi Bank that Mount Gox was working with. Right. <laughs> because they were probably working with smaller Japanese banks, but. I do know that the Mt. Gox case kind of shook out some favorable rulings about Bitcoin in the Japanese court system. Mm -hmm. So maybe it makes sense that they would partner with the Japanese bank because the American banks are scared shitless about working with any Bitcoin companies. They won't take you. It's like you have a black. It's like you have a scarlet A on your forehead. If you're a Bitcoin (laughs) company, you are unbanked by default. Right. See ya. You're on your own. So it kind of makes sense that they would go with a Japanese bank. But it is really impressive that it is the number one bank in Japan and the eighth Eighth largest largest bank in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, what does this say? You know, what does this say about Bitcoin? I mean, straight up, it says, you know, welcome to the system, which yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like that, that's, that's, that's really what this is about. Uh, I mean, you can get into, or I could get into, there's a lot of conspiracies because again, most people don't know that there's even a Mitsubishi bank. There's a lot of conspiracies around this bank, just like you Ooh, get, tell me just about like those. you get these I'm federal curious. reserve what are conspiracies, the conspiracies right? about Mitsubishi you get the same bank? thing. I mean, there's people that say Mitsubishi bank funds North Korea. Oh. 
<laughs> I, I mean, you know, they understand fund, fund North Korea to like ha- to have a perpetual state of war or enemy. or Yeah. And, and right. And to like and to keep fucking with South to Korea order. to oh. mess with who? Oh, S- like Samsung. Because Samsung. Samsung yeah. Same deal. What, what oh do you think God. when you think Samsung? What do you think? I, I think um, phones, phones, yeah. TVs, right? Yeah. They make submarines like it's, it's, they're a gigantic <laughs> company. They South, Samsung. South, all right. I've also been to Seoul. South Korea is not South Korea. South Korea is Samsung. <laughs> right? like, Talk like, about a corporate like, megalopolis. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, it is it, you know, and uh, well, it's Samsung and Starcraft. <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, so, so like that, that there that is a theory that that is that is held in Japan, you know, that is held in other parts of the world in Asia and all of this stuff. OK, so, I mean, you really like this is not just small news. I'm sure this just came across, you know, to a lot of people in the Bitcoin space that, oh, look at that. Coinbase is working with the bank, you know, with Mitsubishi Bank or Mitsubishi Tokyo, whatever they call it now. Um, no, <laughs> this is this is really tantamount to Bitcoin uh, working with J.P. Morgan Chase. Yep. Okay. Or with Coinbase anyway, doing that. And yeah. for a lot of people, Coinbase is Bitcoin. All right. So, you know, I realize yeah. I, I, you know, I shouldn't, I should not say that, that I shouldn't just be saying, you know, this is Bitcoin working with Mitsubishi, mm-hmm. uh, but this is Coinbase certainly working with yeah. Mitsubishi. I mean, I think they're becoming, they really are becoming a one-stop shop with a lot of different tentacles. Like it's a wallet, it's an exchange, mm-hmm. you know, now it's going to integrate with PayPal. Yeah. Um, some people get, get their, um, some people use it as a storage vault, you know, like they sure. have that multi-sig feature or something like that. Yeah, they have a ton of very, like, if it weren't for the ID and this, maybe even the central, I don't know, if, if it weren't for a bunch of factors, like a lot of the features on Coinbase are nice features. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have to give Coinbase credit, too, because they are one of the only, only Bitcoin wallet providers mm-hmm. um, that is like a browser-based one, not mm-hmm. like a piece of software that you download, that hasn't experienced a major hack. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something. and Or security fuck-up. Yeah, well, there was the one fuck-up where you could do a double spend off of Coinbase. Oh, yeah, but nobody really... But that there was, was only one guy who took advantage of it, it just for, for five dollars, just to prove a point that it yes. could be done. Yeah, and that is a problem yeah. of this is what happened. This is how that, that's a problem. That's a fundamental issue with Coinbase. With Bitcoin setup, not not with Coinbase with Bitcoin. It was well, that Coinbase was accepting zero confirmation transactions. Right, but that's Coinbase's choice. I I agree. I, I get your it point. Is, it is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, uh, that's another thing they do: merchant services as right. well. So yeah, they're 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 tr- they're doing everything. They're trying to do everything with Bitcoin that you would want to do, and they're pretty much doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now here's here's the thing. You, I love that you brought that up about Coinbase because I wasn't even going to go there, but I'm glad you did because also Mitsubishi Bank is the only bank, and th- there's conspiracies around this as well that survived. There was a huge Japanese like asset crash or something. It was it was this really crazy crash that happened oh, in yeah, the late 80s, the 80s, early 90s, yep. and Mitsubishi Bank didn't even feel it. Wow. Like they just moved right on. You yeah. Know? And and they were the only one. <laughs> There's a reason that they could, you know, sign up with Bank of Tokyo or, you know, join up with them and everything after the fact, because all those banks felt it. All the other banks felt it. Uh, so you have you obviously have a very intelligent bank that is making motions probably into making themselves. And this kind of speaks in a roundabout way, speaks well for Bitcoin. They, I think they are aligning themselves with something that they recognize as having some real staying power. Um, so as far as Bitcoin in the abstract as a whole, kind of, you know, like like its value in the abstract, this 
could be seen as a very good thing because a bank like that doesn't take risks. Obviously that's how they survived. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're working with, again, one of it the is, biggest banks. It is going mainstream, like it or not. Super mainstream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, with the good and bad aspects that come with it. Yeah, and I mean, myself, I don't, you know, and I know I'm unique, I'm, or I'm somewhat unique in this opinion, and Stephanie, you're free to share yours, of course. Uh, I mean, like, I don't want Bitcoin to be mainstream. I want it to stay the, the you know, the, the currency for the black market, because all I really care about is the black market, or, you know, the, the free markets, as some would want to call them, you know, the markets that don't have anything to do with governments. Uh, so, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't need it. You know, if I just want to, if I want to shop on Amazon, if that's all I ever wanted to do, I'd just stick with PayPal or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, but what, you know, what do you, what, uh, what, uh, yeah, what's your take? So I have mixed feelings about this. Um, okay. On one hand, the things that got me excited about Bitcoin and initially interested in it were that it was alternative, mm-hmm. you know, that it was not part of the mainstream, Yeah. that it was an alternative to war dollars and it was permissionless. Yeah. Um, Coinbase and their stuff takes away the permissionless aspect of Bitcoin for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it kind of introduces a lot of the same delays as traditional banking into it. You know, like when you sell Bitcoin into a bank account, you still have to wait three to five days for it to transfer and yeah. things like that. It's kind of getting faster, but not much. And, um, you know, maybe with the uh, the PayPal thing, it'll be more instantaneous. But I don't know. It's just it's not it's not like just sending Bitcoin, right, you know, and having right. it get there right away. And you don't have to you don't have to ask permission for an account. And who knows who even owns the account? So that that part, you know, that excitement about that is gone. On the other hand, if Bitcoin really does go mainstream, I think that its its value will go up. Yes, because it'll be able to be used in more arenas. And so that will just be good for its for its value. And people who got in it early will get rewarded for it. Right. Uh, So, I mean, but do you you know, are you the type that wanted Bitcoin to stay kind of tiny and not get out there to the masses or, Um, you know, or is that a false paradigm? I I might be setting you up. I think like I can't control that. Yeah. Like. Back in 2013, I realized that I I could no longer control the direction of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. whether it became statist, quote unquote, or yeah. whether it became much bigger than something I could ever hope to influence. I lo- I realized that I had no control over that, and so I just said, "All right, whatever, set it free. You know, yeah. I'll use it when it's when it benefits me, and um, I'll still be excited about the technology, but um, I can no longer control it, so I'm not going to worry about what happens to it." Yeah. In terms of how big it gets. No, that's fair enough. I know you I know you had sort of a different perspective. Like you really wanted it to stay small. Yeah. I, well, I wanted it to be used by the people that needed it. I don't care mm-hmm. if grandma ever uses Bitcoin. Yeah. I, I really don't give it. And she doesn't give a shit either. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, she really doesn't. And so why? Like, why bother? Um, but yeah, I, I you know, you're I, I understand your point. And I agree with your overall gist on that. This for Bitcoin in the abstract and especially for its value, this is going to be a very good thing. Uh, I think it speaks I think it's it's a nail in the coffin, certainly of Ethereum um, and many other uh, uh, crypto, you know, blockchains and all that yeah, stuff. Because you know, there was just a thing like with Bitcoin, even though it's not Turing complete and it doesn't mm-hmm. have like the the scripting language that Ethereum has, all to of build, which are good things to build smart contracts. In my opinion, yeah. I was just going to say that if you let me finish. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Even though it's not during complete and it doesn't have the scripting language, there are still so many things you can do with Bitcoin that are beyond just simple money sending and receiving functions. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this check sequence verify thing where you can basically 
um, trigger events that happen later. Like you can basically set up simplified uh, smart contracts. Like there's the sure. P2SH and you can trigger events to happen and you can build them on top of each other to create like complex trees of events that culminate in like refunds or payments to different places. And yeah, so there's a lot like I think you can do all that stuff with Bitcoin and it has very robust security and it's tested much better than Ethereum. So I, I don't see much of the value in Ethereum. Yeah, no, I, I agree with it for. <laughs> right. No, I agree with that. And it's really it's a point that a lot of people miss is that you know, oh, Ethereum can do this, Ethereum can do this. You know, at the end of the day, anything that anything can do comes down to the coders. And here's here's a reality check. The coders working on Bitcoin, the 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 worst coder on Bitcoin is 10 is probably 10x better than the best coder working on Ethereum. Ooh. I mean, I, that's just how it is. I mean, burn. because they've been in it longer, uh, there's more incentives. There's more money in the space. Mm. I mean, you've got the best coders in blockchains are working on Bitcoin or sidechains right now. Uh, now and I they're not working on the others. I don't know about that because I don't know how to judge whether people are good or bad coders. But I do believe that probably there's not been a brain drain from Bitcoin to Ethereum. No, yeah, you know? why? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Bitcoin's more more proven. And that, stuff, yeah. that doesn't mean things like Zcash, which I'm, I, I love the idea, you know, and a lot of this other stuff still can't come up into prominence and do something and be something. Of course they can. I'm just saying that, you know, you take that, you bake in Mitsubishi, you know, and all this different stuff. I mean, you've got a real, there's a real recipe here, you know, and longtime listeners of Sovereign Tech, they know I've talked about Mitsubishi Bank before because I, my prediction is, is that Apple is doing the reverse of Mitsubishi where they are, they started off as an electronics company and they're going to become a bank. become a bank, yeah. And I really, really think that's happening. Uh, you know, Walmart is going to become a bank too. Right. They've been sort of moving in that direction the last few years. Right. And so, and I think this falls into that because Mitsubishi sees Bitcoin as the new finance infrastructure. Okay. As to where a lot of credit card companies see Apple as the new finance infrastructure with Apple Pay and all that. And then you have Android Pay and, you know, just, just pick your kind of your finance fiefdoms and everybody's choosing sides mitsubishi appears to have chosen bitcoin there you have it we'll be back with some more the reviews are in and babylon 5's a winner the new york daily news says babylon 5 could make star wars look like a walk in the park the chicago sun times calls it a welcome addition to the sci-fi universe impressive perfectly scaled for tv raves the la times and the kansas city star says babylon 5 is one space station you're likely to want to visit frequently see for yourself what everyone's talking about on babylon 5 babylon 5 is available for download on your favorite torrent site see it now to experience the greatest show in television history babylon 5 Adelaide, why are we stopping? In the future, uh, we have a custom. Uh, what's the custom? After a successful mission, a team usually is love. A menage a trois. Or orgy. Yeah, there's, there's only two of us. I already contacted the others to come join us. I love women, too. Whoa, Adelaide, you're beautiful, but you're an android. I am fully functional. I am programmed in multiple techniques. A broad variety of... Wow, I guess so. You did say you move fast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh. 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 
Oh, Adelaide. The future is going to be so good. That's probably Ooh, that's probably that's the one hot. part we didn't get into was uh, the, the future of robotics, but uh, <laughs> maybe that'll come. <laughs> well, up that next was week. one of the topics on deck for today, but we couldn't cover. Yeah, anything. I mean, yeah, enhanced humans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do need to get back to the subject of enhanced humans. I promised I would, uh, but things have just uh, worked out differently. So maybe I'll get to that in a couple weeks. Uh, but I definitely have a lot to say on that. Um, but anyway, uh, you know. We're already going into one of the longest episodes of Sovereign Tech of all time, so I don't want to spend too much longer. But, uh, you know, if you want a lot more Sovereign Tech, I actually have something cooking, and I plan on it releasing uh, this week uh, as you're hearing this. Nice. And what this is, is that for Patreon subscribers, and I'm going to work it out. I know about the Zoom. Yeah, well, you've already helped me out. I'll let you talk about it. Yes, I have helped you out. (laughs) Um, But with uh, Patreon subscribers, and also uh, I'll work it out with Bitcoin subscribers as well, um, there is going to be unique content that will only be available through those venues. And, you know, and you will be able to like through Patreon. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you will be able to download these episodes. And we've got some wild stuff. Stephanie, you and I, we've already recorded. Oh, yes. Uh, we some have. Of this and, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, like there, there's literally an entire series, uh, a five part series that you are just not going to want to miss. And it is all on, on one thing. Um, Can we I, say what that one thing uh, is? I'll just say it's it's about hentai. And yes. that's, that's as far as it I want to go about with hentai. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and we'll go into that. Uh, I have, I was a hentai virgin until <laughs> we recorded this. Oh man. Live in the hotel room. It was, <laughs> oh, it was something else. Uh, but anyway, um, that's going to be available. There's going to be other stuff and just every week there's going to be something, uh, there will be Q and a episodes that are good, that are going to be re- uh, released through that. Uh, there's going to be a lot and I've been working on this for a while. Um, and I mean, cause you want to give your subscribers something unique. I've had people right? subscribing to me for years yeah. and like, and, and they do it out I of the goodness not, of their hearts, right. you know, but it's nice to give something, give them a little extra incentive, you know, give them something special. Yeah. I they want, give you something special. Absolutely. I want to give them a value add. And also, you know, I want to inspire others if they want more, uh, you know, to, for, for that, to you know, to bring that on. Uh, and that'll be the way to get this content. Um, and it, it's, I'm really excited about it because a lot of the stuff, you know, <laughs> I think it's pretty great. So if you I know, don't say so myself. Sitting on this episode, there's been a few podcasts that we've recorded mm. where we've talked shit about people in the liberty movement. Yeah. And uh, there's been, <laughs> there, there have been a few episodes that were too hot that we didn't release because yeah. we wanted people to pay for them. They yeah. were like, this is so juicy. We, we even to... said at the time we wanted that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and we've been sitting on them so that they finally have, we're going to have their chance to come out sometime soon. Yep. And also with your Q and a thing, do you want to talk about that a little bit or? No, I just, the, just the broad that, that that's going to be how I'm going to handle uh, Q and a, the particulars of that, I think I can get into, you know, as, as they come out. Okay. Um, because I mean, yeah, it's going to be a question whether or not I, you know, like do a hangouts or something where that can get done or yeah, if it's so pre-recorded. I, so I think uh, you should do a hangout once a month and have Q and a yeah. and people show up to the hangout and then they can get the podcast of that in um, in your yeah. bonus section. Yeah. In the bonus section. Right. Uh, so, so that, yeah, that's something that, so I, I, yeah, I don't mind talking about it to that degree. Okay. Um, you know, that that's, but 
all of that, a lot of that's a lot of things are going to get released this week to patrons, uh, subscribers and uh, Bitcoin. If you want to be a Bitcoin subscriber, uh, like email me, you know, and, and, and we'll, right. we'll if talk you it want, out. If you want to subscribe, but you don't want to use Patreon, you'd rather use Bitcoin. Right. Let Brian know. Yeah. So that'll, I'll have details. I will be posting on ZOG.ninja. Uh, and I will share all the details on how that works yeah. this coming week when it's, when, it's, when it's launched and released. Okay, so you don't have to jump on it right away if you don't want to. Um, you know, but, the other thing about with your Q&A, mm-hmm. you get so many listener questions that you can't put them in every I show. I get drowned. That's it's, why you want to do that. One of the reasons you want to do this. Yeah, there's just no way I can do them. I, I mean, there's so many. And a lot of them are great. It's great questions. And I really want to get to them. Um, so, but I got to be able to, you know, afford to do it, you know, and, and, and take the time. And, and also this is a way of like, if people don't want to hear the geekier shit, or if people don't want to hear the quest, the Q and a, or something like that, then the people that want to hear it, only they have to hear it. It doesn't have to take up time on the main show. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, right. Uh, like last week I had some people, um, I had them complain about, uh, c- complain about me talking about Star Trek. Like, cause, cause what? I, I, who well, complains about that? Well, not so much. That I talk about doing Star Trek. Even listening to your show, if you come, they're complaining I, about you listening to Star Trek. Some or people, Star Trek. yeah, some people loved it. Uh, other people, like I did spend longer than I wanted talking about Star Trek fan films. And that's the thing. It was more particular about fan films. Maybe right. it was more about Star Trek. People would have felt differently. I don't know, but I thought it was important because this is the future of media and tech. I really think it is. Uh, and you know, so people were like, oh, you know, I, I didn't dig that or whatever. So a lot of that stuff you know, I'm still going to get, I can't, I mean, I'm a nerd. I cannot not express it in an episode of sovereign tech. I'll still talk about that stuff during the climax, still have an independence day review coming all this different stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to see it tonight. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a, a lot of these things will still be there. I'm just saying that, yeah, if you're like really into it and you really want to hear it, well, then it's going to be there for you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and we can do value for value on that. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so I, I I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I agree with you. Well, who the, why the hell would you complain about me talking about Star Trek? Mm-hmm. For fuck's sake, it's why everybody's into technology. You, you know, I mean, in fact, I remember we did the tech panel, Stephanie, at, uh, at Keenvention. Yeah. I hosted the tech panel. And that was one of my first questions. What got you into tech, technology? Every single person on the panel said Star Trek. Like, yes, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they, they all they all just came out and said, hey, well, Star Trek, Star Trek. It's like, come on. It, they're, they're part and parcel. Um, so Indeed. yeah, anyway, uh, but, th- but that's what I have in mind. And Stephanie, I really appreciate, appreciate you helping me out with the content and being a part of it. Cause I know people love, you know, hearing you and, and you are just, you are dynamite on the microphone. <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> you are you. something else. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Hear I'm, me get my hentai cherry popped or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we started off with a doozy and there's going to be more. We're going to do, we're, we're going to watch we're doing other things. A whole series of, yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're going to cover all, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, I have, uh, the hedonism special that'll be coming out. Are we going to um, take requests from subscribers? Like if absolutely. someone's a subscriber and they want us to review something. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Cause we, you know what? We watched a movie that was suggested by a listener a while back. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they suggested it, but the movie was the sex tape with Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah. Somebody recommended we watch that. It was that. so cute. I think yeah, we was... could do a review of that yep. for, for the, uh. The bonus section. Yeah, yeah. That that was actually, that was a good movie. I, I like that a lot. Um, even though Cameron Diaz, boy, what happened after The Mask? What happened to her, you know? I don't know. What do you mean? Like in The Mask? Uh-huh. Like she was, oh boy, was she hot. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't think she was hot after that? 
not as much and whatever not that she has to please me or anything you know i'm not saying anything of that sort i'm just saying like maybe the illuminati got to her i don't know she looks like a completely different person after the mask like she was voluptuous i mean she just like oh you mean she got more skinny and like crazy skinny like i mean she had that's hollywood no i'll be straight up i'll be straight up and this is kind of a preview of the kind of shit you can hear on uh on you know if if you're a patreon uh uh, donor um You know, she uh, uh, she had huge tits. Uh huh. Like they were huge mm-hmm. in the mask, and like they they didn't. I mean, they disappeared. They didn't just like shrink. They went away. Like they were gone. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if she wanted that to be that way. I'm not saying that. I'm just wondering. Like it's never asked about or talked about. Like I've never heard in an interview anybody ever ask her. So what happened after the mask? Because it's different. Well, she must have lost a lot of body fat, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe. But she didn't look fat in the mask. She looked great. That's the weird well, thing. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the the, the pressure in Hollywood is intense no, to be skinny at all true. costs. That's you know, true. It's, it's tough out there. It's Especially true. when everybody's always judging your body, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, with, with the Sovereign Tech uh, Patreon, there's going to be a lot of a lot of content, a lot of geeky stuff. Uh, you know, you're going to be getting sweaty. All the Sovereign Tech sweaties <laughs> can come hang out for that. Are you going to have uh, a name for it? Like, remember the Sovereign Tech Balnea? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could call your bonus section the Balnea. Maybe, You could call it the Sovereignati. Maybe, yeah. You could call it, like, I don't know, Sovereign's Minions, Sovereign Satans. Yeah. Or something (laughs) like, we got to think of a name for it. That's what I'm saying. A cute name. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll work on it. (laughs) We'll work (laughs) on that. We'll be brainstorming. So, but there's going to be, you know, very heavy topic, like a lot of deep dive discussions, historical ones as well, kind of like we did in this episode. Ooh, the Book of Uh, Enoch? Well, all kinds. No, well, that's going to be Audio (laughs) of the Ancients. Oh, we have a- That's separate. We have a show we never released about that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we we can put that out on there. We're we're sitting on a gold mine. Sitting on a gold mine. So give me your gold. No, no, no. If you need gold, please go to Roberts and Roberts Brokerage, rrbi.co. <laughs> and thank you so much for sponsoring CyberTech. Thank you to all the don- donators, uh, everybody that donate- donated this week. Uh, really, really honored. Um, yes, anyway, thank you to all the sweaties. All the CyberTech sweaties, love you. <laughs> Carpe Lucem. Thanks again, Stephanie, for being on SMVoice.info if you want to find her. I'll see all of you on Sex the other side. Sex and Science Hour, too. Sex Woo! Good times. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the Evolution. 